0: I'm Matt Long, and I'm on Below the Belt. J.R. Ramirez, Below the Belt.
1: The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pimps up. Goes down. (laughs)
0: Don't
2: say that! Never say that! Coonies never say die!
3: Wax on,
4: wax off.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTV Below the Belt in the House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. Last week was a different kind of show um, due to the late great Koki, who sadly is no longer with us. We are back. This is technically our summer season premiere after a few weeks of a hiatus. And we got an incredible show for you guys from top to bottom. Um, it was a lot of sadness, a lot of a lot of laughing, a little bit of crying. But it was nice to get everyone together last week to honor our dear friend, Koki. But um, Below the Belt show um, is here for uh, the fans, of course. So we are back with another incredible show, guys. So let's go ahead and introduce the room. Let's start with, that's right, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker. But one and the only Chachi.
5: Yeah, it feels good to be back. I mean, it's still hard to believe about Koki, um, You know, but. You know, I guess I guess we have to keep the laughter going, you know, in honor of him. You know, but it's definitely a, definitely a great tribute. If you were a fan of Koki from any of the past years, from the Christmas show, from any of the hilarious interviews. Go back listen to um, last week's tribute. Um, and, and if you don't know Cokie, if you, if you haven't heard him on the show before, go back and listen anyways, because he was hilarious. And like mm-hmm. you'd really like to know somebody who was gone way too soon. Certainly way too soon. And I, our
1: um, guest co-host tonight hasn't had the pleasure of meeting Cokie, I'd, I'd asked him prior. Uh, but nonetheless, if, if he did, I'm sure he would love the guy because he just made everybody in the room laugh, oh. no matter who you are. Um, But let's go ahead and introduce him right now, guys. He's a podcaster extraordinaire from Film Rescue Podcast. He's a cosplayer extraordinaire. We have hardcore bloodshot, Jesse Fresco, back on BTB. I'm here again. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you on
0: BTB, man. Yeah, I had a free night. Yeah, it's good to be back.
1: All right. Awesome, man. (laughs) Well, there's so much going on in the world of entertainment, guys. And uh, as you know, BTB took a um, little bit of a hiatus Um, A much needed hiatus, except with the exception of our uh, memorial show for Koki last week. So just a lot of stuff to catch up on. And I'm sure the fans missed us, but I certainly needed a break, guys. My God, everybody needs a break. Um, You know, Jesse, I know you had a vacation recently, right? To Orlando.
0: Yeah, I went down to, uh, my birthday was June 24th. I turned 36. So I decided to spend it in Orlando. Happy belated
1: birthday. This is kind of a belated birthday celebration for you too. Thank you.
0: Everyone looks at me, they're like, you're not 36. I'm like, no, I am. (laughs) 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 I feel it every day. Well, I thought you were way older. (laughs) (laughs) God it! But, um, if I grow my beard out, you can see the gray hair patches on my, my beard. Um, But I went down to Universal Studios and I stayed with my friend Hope down there in Universal. Uh, we went, through, we were there for two days. And then we stayed at her place. We just went out, got drunk a couple nights. Um, went to a barcade. Went out for dinner. You know, I was down there for four or five days, something like that. So awesome! It was what fun was to be high, down there.
1: What was the highlight um, ride or attraction of Universal? It's been uh, a minute. since I've been. Well, I went. I, I
0: did my first roller coaster. <laughs> wait! Wait! <laughs> Hold on. How do you deprive yourself of such fun for so for 36 years? Yeah, cuz I I was par- I I was I'm always like terrified of like falling off of a roller coaster or puking on the roller coaster, so I didn't eat anything beforehand, but I did the Velocicoaster, the new uh, Jurassic okay, World. Yeah. Velocicoaster that opened up like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. It's it's insanely good. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it corkscrews I think like four times. It, it's yeah, there's wow. a lot of like steep so- drops. Yeah, so it corkscrews corks on the way down. Yeah,
5: so for, for your first roller coaster, you do like one of the scariest, newest ones? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, <laughs> I, I,
0: okay, I, did, I, I did the, the Harry Potter Hogwarts one, whatever is the Hagrid's motorcycle ride, whatever it's called. Where you hang
5: on there, yeah. Yeah, okay. where you're in, like riding you on the motorcycle like, or you're on yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I did that well, one first, and then I did uh, the okay. Belaza coaster. Yeah.
5: Well, why, why, were you for you? Wow.
1: Yeah, why were you hesitant to ride in the past? Uh, just, the I was just terrified of them.
0: That was it. Just terrified of them.
5: Well, you overcame yeah. your fear. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good.
0: And Six so Flags you, is like 15 minutes away from my house, so I can go do another one there. there you go. So anyway. you, you're, you're definitely going to do more
5: coasters,
0: for sure. Yeah, of course. You know, nice. I go back,
5: yeah. nice. So you went with that girl for your first time?
0: Yeah, yeah, my friend Hope. I've been friends with her since like 2014. Yeah, she lives right. down in Florida now. For, no, you weren't
5: for... embarrassed at like, crying on the ride next to her?
0: She was like laughing her ass off the entire time, <laughs> and then when we finally stopped at the end, I was like, I hate
5: you! Stop smiling! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no no hollywood studios with the new um you know star wars land huh uh
0: i don't think we went there no we didn't get to see the entire okay. park we just didn't have time so. okay okay
1: completely fair i mean
0: there's so many parks. there's, I mean, there's so there was like there's like three separate parks connected to universal there's Three separate areas, and we only got to two of the three. And so. let's not forget Disney
1: World too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Disney's down That's the a,
0: road. We didn't go to Disney because um, gotcha. we only had passes
1: for Universal. Yeah, completely fair, completely fair. That's awesome. I myself took a much-needed uh, New York um, vacation. Actually, two recent vacations. I went uh, once for the Tribeca Film Festival, Lucky. my first in-person red carpet. It's been a long time. I've really missed the red carpet. It was so good to be back. Um, also went back for 4th of July to hang out with my friends and my cousin in New York and did all the really cool, um, touristy things I never really get, have time to do. Mm -hmm. Um, first of all, there's something called, um, Hudson Yards, which uh, if you don't know, is a brand new, um, neighborhood in Manhattan. They literally built this neighborhood. Previously, it was just uh, a train yard, you know, all these old trains and they, that just tons of space occupied by these trains what they did was remove all that built an entire new area um with some great attractions um and they left part of the tr- the, the train tracks as a hiking trail called highline um yeah. and it was really really cool uh, you can just pretty much walk from one tourist attraction called little island little island is kind of this raised island over um over the river um a man-made island basically and it's uh supposedly i've heard it was designed by diane von Furstenberg, who's renowned um fashion designer so it had a little bit of that new york uh fashionista flair to the um if you guys uh can, can google it little island new york it's really it looks like something out of um a sci-fi movie quite frankly
0: <laughs> oh this thing i've yes. seen this oh yeah, yeah this is right next to the javits center exactly yeah exactly. i've seen this every time i go to nycc it, i i was always wondering what the hell is that thing <laughs> yeah a
1: little. and it i was saw a beehive it looks like a beehive um it, that's the thing this, this whole area is all futuristic kind of stuff and um there was a band that played which is really cool and then you can walk from little island on the high line all the way to hudson yards hudson yards is the area where there's this another thing right out of a sci-fi movie called the vessel if you might have seen um Uh, this which was uh, was recently built in new york and you can do a little hike up uh, all eight floors and get a hell of a workout especially in the uh hot july sun which is good because i got some workout in um and um another great aspect of hudson yards is just the brand new um entertainment facility it's a mall um lots of great restaurants and then um there's something called the edge which is the very top of the building where you can take this really cool elevator uh basically it goes just uh, super fast but you don't really feel it because you're you're at the top of the top of that building in no time Mm -hmm. and you can um explore the balcony and if weather permitting there's an open air balcony got one of those uh um, glass floors where you can kind of look down if you're afraid of heights, oh, I wouldn't yeah. recommend it,
0: but, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it. I'm looking at photos right now. This of is the fascinating. Edge New York.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So usually in New York, I'm there for events or an acting gig. And it was really nice to just kind of hang out, do, um, touristy things and like a commoner, uh, hit, huh? the, hit the bars and the restaurants and stuff like that. So, yeah. It was good. So it was a much needed time off on on BTB, um, but we're back, guys. You know, and uh, let's go ahead and um, just get right into everything um, going on. We have a pre-recorded interview at the end of the program, guys, that I'm excited to present. Um, it's director Poppy Gordon, along with actress Samantha Robinson, who had a role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood starring brad pitt and leo dicaprio uh two of my favorite actors of course i love that movie so much of course marco robbie had a little bit to do with it let's be honest Uh, (laughs) but um it's actually a short film um that uh, made waves on the festival circuit called for your consideration available in wide release on vimeo and amuleto um and basically um it's um whose Hollywood agenda are we being manip- manipulated by, and who's pulling the strings, uh, where it focuses on a group of young women who come together um, with a mission to make an Oscar-winning film. Determined uh, to party at Sundance, the women meet up at an L.A. member's only club to make a selection-worthy film. Um, so um, it's kind of that their journey, um, and uh, it's uh, roughly 13 minutes, but it's gotten a lot of waves at the festival circuit, so... Um, the interview uh, will be with director poppy gordon and actress samantha robinson so this is pretty awesome here for below the belt show so pretty pretty cool a lot of great reviews for this
5: film um 13 minute film really 13 minute short film yeah so your interview is longer than the film the interview will be longer than the film
1: yeah
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um some film festivals that it was um selected for is holly shorts national film festival cinequest la shorts rhode island international and the odin's international film festival so um, you can wow. find out more information on fycfilm.com and thanks to um pr extraordinaire Catherine Musilick for setting that up for us so all right so um yes let's talk about everything in movies guys because black widow is coming out I'm really stoked. Um, We're getting some normalcy now as far as the movie going experience is concerned. Of course, I was in New York but didn't get my invite to the Black Widow um, premiere in the Hamptons. What the fuck? Like, seriously, what?
0: What's going on? But I was in New York City.
1: I know, I'm losing my (laughs) (laughs) mind. I hope she
0: survives till the end of the movie. Oh, wait. (laughs) <laughs> oh no. Too soon. Too uh, soon. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh David Harbour was in the house. Drew Barrymore, Ellen Pompeo, Brooke Shields, Don Lemon. Wow. Uh Zachary Quinto, Christy Brinkley, Jennifer Esposito, um, John Leguizamo, Stephanie March, Kam McLaughlin, um Cynthia Nixon, a lot of New York based um celebrities were in attendance for this huge um hamptons premiere of um black widow um because by her absence was scarlett johansson i don't know um she probably attended other premieres i'm sure they had a few other ones maybe one in los
5: angeles as well but that was a baby right so that's probably why pardon didn't she just have a baby did she? I don't know. Did this girl just have a baby? Yeah, I thought
1: she just had a baby today or something. I thought oh, it was. I know. But, you know, nanny service is available for moms
5: that want to tend the red right carpet, I guess. <laughs> well, well, she just had it, so it's, she wouldn't, she'd have still been pregnant. She probably That's didn't true. want to be around all those people. Can you
1: fact check that? Because I didn't oh, know wait, about she this Did she have it recently?
5: No, she didn't have, uh, no, she's expecting her first child. So she's oh, she's expecting her first Okay. okay. So she might, oh, okay, have, she might very... already been pregnant at the time and just didn't want to be around a lot of people. There you go. Mm. Okay, yeah. so she's expecting soon. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, the number one movie,
1: um, no surprise, F9, the Fast Saga.
5: It should be uh, a surprise. That's fine.
0: Uh... <sighs> the, the the number of memes I've seen of Vin Diesel in the last like seventy two hours are driving me insane. <laughs> i swear
1: now do you harbor this because of the underwhelming bloodshot movie or for other reasons
0: i just i i'm not a fan of the franchise that they're not they're not movies made yeah. for me i am not the target audience so i just have no no appeal for them they don't do anything mm-hmm. for me you know
1: i mean i might have to agree with you because it's so just, you're not just you're not brain dead <laughs> 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 that's right, right exactly <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean I, the show. it defies
5: like the law of physics. Yeah, you can't go into that movie and think, he's got to be yeah. there. Epoch, I know,
0: like they're basically superhero movies at this point. I get it, but at the same so they don't time, understand I say they're
5: superhero movies. That's the worst part. If they were superheroes. You bet, like, okay, this makes sense. I think it could, could actually be good, yeah, like, for but for them to actually try to be real people and do all this stuff, it kind of like takes away from it,
0: right? But at the same time, I feel like the first movie started at like such a, on a level of realism and now they're just, it was point break. And now it's like, it break, yeah, and it's, it, I don't even know what it is now. <laughs> like they're sending a car into space. Like it just, yeah.
1: I mean, the escalation
0: it the, is like, it's going right. like it goes from
1: more ridiculous to more ridiculous. Everything yeah,
5: yeah. from point break to the Avengers. Yeah. yeah
0: it's the Avengers now. Yeah.
1: I will, I will happily um, wait for this one on, on, um on you know cable um because or yeah. you know whatever streaming platform it's going to be on as i did for hobbs and shaw as i did for fast eight
5: so i i can wait <laughs> i can totally hobbs wait shaw for... was terrible. yeah yeah i wait i'll wait for it to be on the weather channel on the weather <laughs> there you go <laughs> that means i'm never going to see it
1: there you go so basically f9 became the first hollywood film to roar past the global 500 million mark since star wars Rise of skywalker Wow. Huh. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Um, and uh, uh, I guess uh, the number two movie was The Boss Baby, featuring the voices, voice of Alec Baldwin. Why? Is... Kids, was
0: there a demand kids, for that?
1: Kids', <laughs> oh, kids no. movies do well in the box office. We were talking about how Crudes was like the number, like in the top five for like a year. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> remember, when, remember when kids' movies used to actually have some quality and substance to them? Or they oh, were like really dark and twisted and they would fuck you up, like never ending story. Remember that? Yeah, or, or, or like a Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah right. things like well, that.
1: Was like, that really a kid's movie though? Labyrinth. Yeah, of
0: course. Uh, yeah, it's a kid's
1: movie. Oh, that's a good. Movie. Okay. Dark Crystal.
0: Yeah. You Know things like that, like
5: yeah, that's what's wrong. Like, like, kids' movies don't fuck you up anymore. That's what's wrong with this country. Yeah, they're designed right.
0: for brain dead kids.
5: Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I did enjoy Raya and the Last Dragon, which had a, a nice, another nice run on um, um, but uh, we got a couple movie reviews. Um, first with the number three movie, which I know Chachi can talk about, The Forever Purge. Yeah, it, it's... dystopian horror sequel. Um, in the third it's place done. in the box
5: office, what can you tell us about the film, Chach? It's dis- for me, it's disappointing. It's, it lost all of its, you know, it scariness or whatever. Like, the first movie was kind of like a Harvey, You know, like the first Purge, and, um, or at the original Purge. And then um, it kind of went downhill over the years. From that, I still enjoyed them, like, probably up until this one or the last couple. It's just, it just wasn't scary at all. It was more just like gore than anything else. It was kind of more like... gore. Oh, wow. yeah it wasn't like anything scary like you didn't really jump at anything you just see people a lot of people getting killed so it was just
0: like the saw oh. franchise basically yeah
5: pretty much but but not as clever it's not like there's one there's one contraption that was kind of like saw exactly that one of the characters got stuck in but other than that it was just kind of just like people getting shot and i've never
0: understood like the whole idea that with the purge it's like oh well you know everyone just becomes a murderer for one night And i'm like I would be robbing every bank I could possibly find right, taking well, all the cash. Like guys. Right. Like, like you there's nothing illegal if on that one night, like steal every dollar you can find. Yeah.
1: Why waste someone's pathetic life? Go go yeah. become
0: rich, right?
5: But you have to try to do it before somebody kills you though. That's that's the hardest part. But yeah. this, this whole, the whole premise of this movie was that after the Persian night was over with, there was um, people who still wanted to kill, you know, Oof. even back exactly to right. normal, so it's like a trending hashtag, and then mm-hmm. people were mm-hmm. going around.
1: So n- not one of the better Purge movies, probably. No. Rank yeah. on the low, the lowest end of the scale, you'd say.
0: No, Here's up? an idea. Here's an idea for a movie. What if it's the Purge, but you know how Army of the Dead was like, oh, we're gonna go in, and we're gonna take all this money out of Las Vegas? What mm-hmm. if it's like, oh, one, the night of the Purge, oh, we're gonna break into, like, the Federal Reserve and steal all the gold. Right. right. I mean, that's like, what I would There's do. an idea. Like, th- a heist movie during the Purge. Like,
5: I would totally do that.
0: Like, there you go. Like anybody that's watching this, you can have that for free. Like,
5: <laughs> exactly. Right. Didn't that kind of happened with that David Batista movie that came out. That um, yeah, 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 I watched it. I tuned yeah. in. It's yeah, kind of
0: the it, same
5: premise, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the
0: same premise. Although yeah. I'd, I'd say mine is a little more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but
5: it's like, it's probably the same thing where they all start turning on each other and yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, read, read they start. Sense.
0: It's like the opening of the Dark Knight. They start killing each other off one by one, yeah. and then one person's left.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. So number of uh, four movie was a Quiet Place Part Two, still managing to make some noise. Um, good for Memorial Day, yeah. Yeah, and rounding out the top five, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Say that quickly. Um, um, but um, another great film which I'm going to ask Jesse about uh, mm-hmm. was the opening of A24 Zola, a twisty road movie thriller based on an epic Twitter thread about a pair of strippers played by Taylor Page and Kylie Rhea went the Florida where their trip goes haywire. And I love everything about Riley Keo. She is um, Hollywood royalty. As you know, she's mm-hmm. the daughter of Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie Presley, she's the granddaughter of Elvis Presley and Priscilla Presley. That's um, why she
0: fun- looks so familiar. I was like, she looks so, like somebody I know. I was like, oh, okay, that's you, Lisa you, Marie's you daughter. I did not know it. that. I did and not she's know a that.
1: fantastic actress because um, yeah. based on the trailer, I know you saw the film, she, th- she just came up with this character that was like, unlike anything I've seen her in. Yeah. And um, Jesse, please uh, tell, give us your review of uh, Zola. Uh,
0: it's one of the best films I've seen thus far this year. It was my first time back in a theater. And oh, since wow. last thing I saw was Bloodshot, and this is the first thing I saw back. <laughs> right. in, this is the first thing I've seen back in a theater, and it was totally good. worth it. I've seen it twice already. Right. Um, yeah. and the it's Wait, gonna be twice? in my top five. I've seen it twice. Twice, already.
1: it was that yeah. good. You saw it twice. Yep.
0: Yep. Wow. Yeah, I I think it'll probably be in my top five for the year. Um. Okay. And I I can guarantee Green Knight will also be in top five for the year because that thing looks amazing. Um. But it's basically about these two women. One, this woman Zola, it's her middle name, her nickname. Uh, she makes, she becomes friends with this woman Stephanie, and they decide to go down to Florida to dance in a club as strippers. Turns out, uh, this woman Stephanie was actually a prostitute on the side and didn't tell her. And mm-hmm. she basically tricked Zola to coming down with her, so they do two girl shows, you know, and oh, just wow. escort themselves out. She tricked her. Wow! And basically, Literally. she, they, Zola's entire weekend. She just has to survive the weekend because not only is it two of them down there, it's also Stephanie's boyfriend and her roommate, A.K.A. pimp, is with them. Oh! And wow. is threatening her if she tries to run. So wow! So if you want an ass clencher of a movie, that's a good one. But yeah, it's 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 very very dark. It's very dark at times. Got a lot of dark comedy in it. But it's very well done. It looks great. Great performances. Um, okay. Uh, I don't think I have any negatives about it. It can get really fucked up at times. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's probably one of the best films I've seen thus far this year. Wow, Riley!
1: Again, incredible actress. I mean, she was yeah. great in the, uh, the Girlfriend Experience. She's been great. And Lucky, she's been great in everything she's done. Um, she was in a uh,
0: Mad Max Fury Road. She was Mad in the Max Redhead. Fury Road. I forgot
1: about Mad Max Fury Road. Of course, is yeah. she naked in this one? Uh
0: yes okay um she well no she's she doesn't do she wears like bra and panties she doesn't get like completely naked okay um i don't think she no no she is she is she is she um she okay. her- <laughs> well. nice because
1: yeah. Uh, yeah you definitely get to see a lot of um rally Keo in the girlfriend experience season one yes. on stars um but uh nonetheless uh, yeah i'm gonna check out zola i'm a big fan of riley um yep. got to interview her at sundance film festival you can check out that interview on below the belt show.com. search for Riley Keogh on below the belt show.com and check out a red carpet interview I con- uh, conducted um for uh, her film called The Lodge. Mm. Interesting enough Riley is a two in a row Sundance um actress because Zola screened at Sundance in 2020 and The Lodge screened at Sundance in 2019. So, mm. uh, she's on fire. She's on fire. Yeah awesome that's great well awesome i definitely have to check that out um coming soon um the movie the king's man which is the third film in the action spy franchise which uh focuses on the formation of the Kingsman agency they just dropped a teaser for that will open uh christmas 2021 december 22nd uh the week of at least um and now we have some movies in production some stuff that um uh, look really interesting um my uh, co-star from Servant, season one, Nell Tiger-Free, Marcella Baratheon. Um, she's awesome in Servant. You haven't seen Servant. I'm not saying only because I have a nice role in it, but uh, she's amazing as an actress. You got um check it out on Apple TV if you get a chance. But she's starring alongside Thomas Doherty and uh, Lorenzo Izzo. Uh, Thomas Doherty will be in the upcoming uh, Gossip Girl reboot. Uh, Lorenza is known for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, and um, so basically, it's a English language reboot of the 2014 Spanish th- thriller La Cueva. Damn, it, another r- remake. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, this, I'm okay with the the foreign language being <laughs> adapted <laughs> into English language because yeah. it's definitely something you haven't seen before. They did that with The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Right. I was completely okay yeah. with it. So, um, that's not saying like,
0: the, not saying you can't do good remakes. I mean, that's one of the shows we have on the podcast that I do, where we compare originals and remakes. Half the time they're good, half the time they're bad. So it's right. Like, it's not impossible. Like I don't. It's not impossible. I don't, no, but I, half the time I, they're
5: not better than the original.
1: Well, yeah, True. They're, they're thinking about doing an an English language version of a *Parasite*, but it just wouldn't work. No, no that, right. that that is
5: that is based
0: in Korean culture. You can't remix right. that. That you that can't is not right yeah you can't be so
5: well enough as it was you don't need to remake it it's not like nobody saw a parasite you know if we remake it it's never going to live up to the original
0: yeah right. there was um i think it was bong joon ho the director of that at uh, the academy awards he said um if you can get past the one inch barrier on film that's subtitles a whole yes. new world of film opens yes. up to yes. you that's true. like Absolutely. it's totally true like most of the films i watch these days have subtitles like you know, Chinese cinema, Korean cinema, Japanese, you know, French. You know, I, I, I'm very tired of the same formulaic stuff that gets made in America. Yeah, you know, some people what, should
1: be, yeah, more open-minded. Minari, again, a bit, another big uh, darling at Sundance. I mean, that's yeah. another example as well. So, um, but you know, in this case, you know, it, it wasn't a known film, this La Cueva. So, but basically, it's described as an elevated Lord of the Flies survival tale. Follows sure. American backpackers in Dominican Republic touring with the locals when the hike takes them into the depths of a vast cave system so yeah a little survival film so it's the Um,
0: descent
5: seems like it okay (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah is there like a sloth down there is there
1: a sloth (laughs) down the caves I know, right? We'll get into okay, yeah. get into that sad news a little later. I know we lost a legend in cinema, that's for sure. But um but yeah, it's gonna be called Fall into Darkness. So mm. um right. but it, they're not gonna call it La Cueva. <laughs> the Spanish <laughs> title. So. um Does that mean cave?
5: Yeah, La Cueva at Look at that. Wow. Mm. Yeah. My finish, um one paid off from high school. There you go. Well, it's
0: because they can't call it the Cave because there already is a movie called The Cave about Precisely. about cave divers trapped in a cave. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So they so, can't do that. So, so Fall in the Darkness
1: change. is Fall in the Darkness is good. That's that's a good title. Yeah. I I dig it. Um, all right. Um, so Gerard Butler's got uh, two big movies in production. One is a sequel to Greenland called Greenland Migration. Um which was actually screened at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, but yes, they are doing a sequel for Greenland, if you liked it. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but it seemed pretty cool. It's kind of um, post-apocalyptic. Everyone's trying to escape because Greenland's like kind of like the safe haven um, for disaster. Um, it was good. You saw it, yeah? Yeah. Is it the kind uh, of movie that, that, that welcomes a sequel, that that could use a sequel? I can't remember. I saw it like a while ago, but I remember it being good. Okay. So Gerard Butler is also going to be Joining Jamie Alexander From Thor Dark World and of course Made a return in Loki On Disney Plus also uh, Ethan Embry um, Great actor in the cha I remember you interviewed him Monster Mania Um, They're in a film called Chase um, (laughs) Which is uh, Through Voltage Pictures (laughs) So it centers on Gerard's character who is Driving his soon to be ex-wife Lisa played by J-Man, Alexander to her parents' home when she mysteriously disappears without a trace. Mm. Mm. Okay, so big mystery there. Um, Wait, is, this
0: a, is this a remake?
1: Well, it's um I'm I'm not reading you No, know, I don't I don't think it has been made before, but there's cer- it, certainly been plenty of missing persons type of films and It sounds and like that like movie that. the vanishing Okay, well that title kind of speaks for itself, I guess. Right? Okay. What was that called? Uh the film is um the film is called Chase. Yeah. So um look for that in production now. Um we also have films based on um actual historical events. Um Ryan Kugler, Shaka King, Charles King, Lil Rel Howery are teaming uh, for an original feature film about American political insurrection, but the plot details are kept under wraps. Um, also, there is going to be um, a film called April 29th, 1992, um, with Tyrese Gibson along with Ray Liotta and Scott Eastwood, which. Is um, that Ronnie King? Exactly, very good. Um, so it's uh all about the um LA riots, um sparked by police brutality against Rodney King. So
0: um very timely.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I guess uh because I, I I mean I mean they could do a film about Derek Chauvin, you know, and but and George Floyd, but no, I, I just don't think to Today is the right time to do that, but we can go back to another historical moment. Maybe revisit this. Maybe in the future they'll do a film like that or something. But
2: um, I hate when they have films
1: like stuff that just happened.
2: Yeah, give it give it some time to kind of
1: resonate with everyone. You know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And do you think um, something about Henry the the Ace Wives is um, too soon? Too soon. too soon. (laughs) soon. They're doing a film called um, *Firebrand*, which is um, starring Michelle Williams. Um, She's amazing. I mean, from Dawson's Creek to movie star. Um, She will play Catherine Parr, the last of Henry the Eighth's six wives. Got Mm to that. Yeah, she'll be pretty cool. Best known for Charles Xavier, James McAvoy. I mean, he's been in other things, of course, but I love this. Um, uh, But anyways, um, he's got a film called Together. It's a dramedy filmed during the pandemic. Um, So it seems like not many films have kind of focused on the pandemic. Obviously, we've all been on set where, you know, the masks go on. And then when you're rolling, the masks come off and blah, 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 you know, back and forth with the masks uh, when you're on camera. Um, because, that, you know, but, the, you know, they haven't really done too much. And and you're right. I mean, why why, why relive this
5: pandemic? I but what I guess saying, like, it's too soon, like for that, anyways. Yeah. But well, I don't I, know. I, you know, you see all these stuff where about the 80s now and, like, um, yeah. we live in the 80s on different movies and TV shows. Like, I don't know if right. you're going to see them trying to, like, be nostalgic for, for, you know, twenty twenty or anything, you know. Like, yeah, fair
1: point, fair point. But this oh, one that is was called that
5: was a good year. <laughs> I
0: this mean, there... if you want to talk about it too soon, there was that movie. What was it, Songbird? About uh, it was Michael Bay produced about a pandemic that was happening. Yeah, it's very similar Remember to that. This one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I... Don't no, watch man, it's it. It's bad.
0: Is don't it bad? It. Okay, I'm it's glad, it. glad I skipped it. It's Fucking it. terrible! It's an insulting okay. piece of shit. <laughs> wow. Well, it's
1: called Together. And um, basically, it's uh, McAvoy who is in a um, relationship um, to reflect on both themselves and their relationship during the COVID nineteen lockdown that's presented them. So they shot this during the pandemic, and I guess decided to keep the mask on <laughs> because it was actually taking place. There's also another similar. Well, you know, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, but it stars Anthony Hopkins, who is amazing, as you know. Um, and this is interesting. This will have. Um, it's actually going to premiere as an NFT, which is interesting. Now that it's, it's NFTs are now moving on to film now. Um, and it's going to have um, a distribution and be viewed on Vuele, which is a viewing pr- platform, I guess, for NFT type of films. Um, and basically, it follows five characters based all over the world who are connected by their devotion to the late tech titan finley Hart, played by anthony hopkins mm. and they're forced uh to work together to shut down his most secret invention a machine that is either the answer to mankind's problem or the end of life on earth
5: Probably exactly. sh-
1: so interestingly enough they actually um did this via zoom um call so um I don't that's the entirety of the film's the entire Zoom call made into a film but I've seen a couple things like that
5: um but um I mean the only good thing about the whole entire um the whole entire thing was you said Anthony Hopkins and that was it. <laughs> that I was it. Otherwise it looks like a film that you don't that. want to watch. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I figured this is something Anthony could uh, easily um shoot uh in the comfort of his own home, you know, a on Zoom. Zoom. Movie. Okay. <laughs> a Zoom movie, right? With Anthony Hopkins? Like, i mean i think they kind of sold it on him it's the first is kind It's gonna be an NFT, and people can actually own the film it's like i don't know i clearly i just don't 100 percent understand the whole thing uh, surrounding uh, the purpose of nfts but i don't know the general tried to explain it to me but i think he had a better grasp of it than i did <laughs> um oh lord so kevin spacey he is um producing yeah, yeah he, this is his first role since house of cards and of course uh, under a lot of scrutiny because of his accusations of sexual harassment and insults. Uh, pretty much just blacklisted from Hollywood. But uh, an Italian filmmaker is giving him a chance, believe it or not, to be in a film. Um, Franco Nero. And uh, along with Kevin Spacey, Faye Dunaway will appear in this film as well. So um, wow. it's, it's called The Man Who Drew God. So... Um, interestingly enough um
5: but yeah, of course misses acting he's an amazing actor but it just sucks that you know all the stuff that he did yeah. allegedly i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that he did it because i don't want to end up um suicided
0: no there's proof like everybody else
5: <laughs>
1: yeah those no, been... no,
5: no but it, but wasn't like like four out of, four of the victims ended up dead something's really crazy about that. i guess um, i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, Google it, like, his, um, four of his accusers, I think it was four, ended up dead, it, it was just, like, that Frank Underwood, um, shit, from, um... It's straight okay. up, straight, straight up House of Cards yeah, craziness, right? The people are accusing him, and all of a sudden they end up dying in these weird ways. I thought there was only one, no, but, like, okay, was there was actually four? I, I'm thinking it was four, but it was multiple ones, Multiple, multiple yeah. of his,
1: accusers. Um, accusers have passed away. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Oh, good, good, up, good. Her up. That, I mean, if that's the case, that that is that is straight-up Frank Underwood. <laughs> Frank Underwood shit, man. It's scary as fuck, man. God, I mean, I'll never forget. Um, I mean, this is, series was so long ago, but yeah, Kate Mara, uh, who played Zoe, just uh, Frank Underwood tossing her <laughs> straight into an oncoming train.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. So
1: gnarly. Oh, that was horrible, so, that scene. Wasn't yeah. that the worst? Oh, yeah. God, I cringe thinking about that scene. It was like just the worst... They're literally the worst way you could go. I mean, just getting splattered by an oncoming train. So
5: um, three of I think, at least three of his accusers have died. Oh God. Staying here. Um, yeah. That's insane,
2: man. Three
1: of his accusers. Wow.
2: Um.
1: Why well, as, you know, as you know the film? As you know, the can Film Festival. That of an
5: apparent suicide. One of them died. The last one. <laughs> god damn all right well that's a little going to creepy territory now. Yeah, yeah.
1: talking about kevin spacey but anyways um you know actors gotta work so despite his atrocities um let's see can film festival's happening now um apparently um it's still um you know it's 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 an in-person event but they were really strict about COVID testing because I think they handle things a little bit differently than Europe, in Europe than they do in the U.S. Um, but the big film um, that actually had a very polarizing um, response was the film Annette, which opened the Cannes Film Festival, starring Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. Um, it got a five-minute standing ovation from the crowd. But a lot of people thought it was just an odd film. Just just even too odd for the Oscar contention. Because usually a lot of films that make it to Cannes Films Festival are kind of like the Oscar contention type of films. Um, So basically, there's like a marionette baby. Um, They opted for like a puppet baby instead of an actual baby. Um, And they actually had two shots within the film where Adam Driver is singing... Into Marion's vagina. If that okay. makes any sense. Um <laughs> Boy, it sounds like the kind of dumb shit the Academy loves? You well, I don't know. They, a lot of people think it's too bizarre for the Academy I because they're used stuff. They love that. I mean, vagina shit. Singing into the vagina, a, a, a marionette, as, uh, you know, to be intended for a human baby. It's just bizarre, man. Oh, did it echo re- when he sang? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i haven't seen the film wow. <laughs> oh man that's
0: too much man well, I'm another... sure Adam driver hasn't seen it either because he doesn't like to watch his own stuff
1: yeah well you know interestingly enough adam was in attendance at, at can hmm. i know he's in production of of um of another film but um but yeah, it, it's basically set in present-day Los Angeles and Adam is a stand-up comic and Marion is a world-renowned opera singer who fall in love and make a uh make a um passionate glamorous couple but find their lives turned upside down when their first child Annette turns out to be a mysterious little girl with an exceptional destiny. Okay. Hmm. Pretty vague enough, but um you know um, but yeah, I mean, mix, mix reviews, if anything, for this film.
0: Um, Edgerton it usually has, means it's for me, then.
1: <laughs> it's for you? Okay,
0: <laughs> I am the audience.
1: You are the audience, yes. Uh, Taron Egerton uh, has a film, also a it can. Uh, it's a romantic drama thriller called Stars at Noon, based on a novel of the same name. And Taron actually replaced Robert Pattinson, who uh, had to drop out to do uh, shooting... Um, conflicts also in the film is Mark quality and there was a big um documentary film about val kilmer that um screened mm. a, a can that one's really and, good
5: that's actually yeah
1: go ahead yeah no no it, it's basically about his career but also he opens up about his throat cancer diagnosis As you know val can barely talk i actually yeah. um, met him in new york recently my friend Brigetta used to rep him and hang out with him <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Bridgetta got me to you do know, the, the little meet and greet and um, you know it, he was kind of uh, it was like a, it's sad to say a little bit of a shell of, of who he was because he was you know he, he couldn't speak and you know I mean he was that he was the brash character from Top Gun you know and, yeah. um, you know but he talks about it
5: in this documentary um, yeah, basically he was really big into like filming his life, you know, throughout his career and earlier on. Yep. He always had a camcorder and stuff. So this is all actual footage that he shot, you know, himself that, that's you know, correct. Mostly that's himself over years.
1: That's right. Sixteen millimeter home millimeter home movies. Um that he actually shot um with his brother. Um and then he also has um I guess talking about all the blockbusters like Batman Forever and Tombstone, The Doors. Top Gun. Top Gun. I love The Doors, by the way. That's another great uh, biopic. Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, you know, overall, Ken, um was a smaller festival. The hotels were not as full. The screenings were not as packed as they usually are due to um, the pandemic. But nonetheless, it's good to see again in-person events um back man so that is a great um thing moving on to netflix guys um see look like Zack snyder has a relationship with netflix because he's got um already a prequel for um army of the dead which is called yeah. army of thieves is that done already he's uh, actually he just shared first look photos
0: so is, the productions, up, is he directing
1: that yeah. too he actually is directing yeah, yeah. Well,
0: i guess because he's you know army of the dead made however much money based on yeah it, you know. and i know
1: it's saying a little spoilery to say that uh, i wonder how they're gonna do a sequel but i could they can definitely do a prequel
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, they know, can't really off, get to a sequel
1: yeah <laughs> kind of locked out of that except for one surviving um you know, character, um, which yeah. I guess I won't have to say it, but yeah, basically everybody dies but one person. And shot is so funny because you always like to say
0: everybody dies in the movie. Well, everybody yeah, trying to
5: kind spoil it for know. people,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Don't you th- wasn't it really funny when like the end, the ending, of the movie, and everyone's dead, and the the song "Zombie" by the Cranberry starts playing? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Love not that. on the nose at all. That was great, man. I, I, Zack Snyder and his musical choices, his sad boy emo playlist. I just, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I actually love a lot of the song
0: choices, you
1: know? I, but they're yeah. so
0: kind of just blunt and on the nose and just like, yeah. Try a little harder, man. Just I, I a did little hear- more.
1: I know, but I loved hearing Crab. I love the
0: Cranberries. So I think it was. <laughs> it wasn't even the Cranberries. It was a cover. It was
1: okay. A, it was a Fair cover enough. of the Cranberries. Okay, song, so it was a cover. Okay. I do remember hearing it in my own going, whoa, yeah.
0: but you're right. You're right, it was a cover. I, don't really yeah. remember. I think it was an acoustic cover of it. Yeah,
1: but it's got um you know, it's got a good uh, cast. It's got Natalie Emanuel, uh, who you might know from Game of Thrones, who was the handmaiden of Daenerys Targaryen. Um Guz Khan, Jonathan Cohen, Ruby O'Pee. Um So yeah, it's set prior to the events of Army of the Dead takes place during the early stages of the zombie outbreak and centers on Dieter in his early days of safe cracking as he is hired by a mysterious woman to pull off a heist with the help of a misfit crew of aspiring thieves. Um so so this is the so it's the same character that was the the safe cracker,
0: I guess. Yeah, the German safe cracker. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So I mean, he, you know, he's the only one in the movie that actually has a character. Yeah, like define any of them.
1: I mean, other than the muscle and the guns, yeah.
0: Yeah, Who's using their brains? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd (laughs) like. I would have liked that movie a lot more if it wasn't just a remake of Aliens. Oh, it's just Aliens. Like the the, 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 yeah, the the Hispanic woman that has the red bandana. um, (laughs) There's even lines of dialogue. It's like you don't see them fucking each other over. That's literally a line from Aliens. Like. Oh, We're sent wow. in here to get this one thing, but it turns out the company wants this other thing. Must have inspiration, yeah. In, inspiration, huh? Yeah, inspiration. Sure. It even <laughs> ends the same way: nuclear blast. Yeah, it's the okay. same movie. Interesting. <laughs> same movie, guys. Just watch Aliens point, again. Jesse. Just watch Aliens again.
1: Okay, yeah, Zack Snyder's nice. also doing another movie. Um, it's an epic sci-fi fantasy called Rebel Moon. Hmm. He will co-write, direct, and produce for Netflix. So he's kind of like the um, Netflix, um, you know, darling right now, I guess. They let him know.
0: do whatever he wants.
1: Yeah. Know, he's he's co-writing the script with ARMY co-screenwriter Shay Hatton. Okay. Uh, who co-wrote 300. So probably sense. one of Zach's strongest films, would you say? 300?
0: Uh, I used to really like that movie, but it didn't age very well, especially when I heard the U.S. military would show that to soldiers before they were sent out to the war in Iraq to juice them up to go out and kill people. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, it's called image training. They use it to pump them up to go out and shoot people. That's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Military did that, guys. You can you can there's verify verifiable sources for this. I still say his best film is his first one. Army of uh, of the Dawn of the Dead. Don of the dad okay. <laughs> has some good stuff because he was still under a studio's thumb and they were basically okay. saying, Hey, make an actual movie and not something that's just like jerk off material for you. <laughs> of, no, don't, you don't need a ton of slow motion, you know, don't <laughs> indulge, get rid of the Ayn Rand stuff, you know, yeah. just make a movie. You right. know, that's, that's still his best film. Right. All right. Also on Netflix,
1: the old guard is going to get a sequel. Charlie's Theron said the script is done. Oh, nice. And the cameras will start rolling in the first quarter of 2022. So Maybe look out okay. for that. It was okay. Yeah. It was it's okay. too long. It's too long. Is the problem? It's 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 like a half yeah. hour too long. I think streaming films, yeah, should be under. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it,
0: it's also because it was written by the original comics writer, um, right. Greg Rucka, and most of the material in the film is taken directly from the book. The problem is, like the I, I think the books are okay. Um, but the material, like it needed more meat on the bones because it doesn't really get into a lot of the deeper stuff. Like, so all of you are immortal and you all just chose to be soldiers. Like, why not like sit in a library for like 10 years and read every book imaginable and become a genius? Why are you not like billionaires? Why aren't you doctors? Why aren't you astronauts? Like, why are you all just soldiers? Like, (laughs) like. Just asking that question of if you're immortal, you have literally all the time in the world to do whatever you want. Yeah. And you chose to do that. Again. I mean, it's just it's, it's one of those point. things that just just never goes never your life,
1: Plus putting your life on the line. Too. <laughs> yeah. Like just yeah. Being the safety of your own, you know, whatever occupation you choose. Crazy. There's
0: a uh, there's a movie I like called uh, He Never Died starring Henry Rollins from, I think it's 2014. Yes. Uh, he plays, the, he plays uh, the fallen angel Cain from the Bible. And uh, basically he's been living on earth for thousands and thousands of years. He has no idea how old he is, but he's fought in many, many wars, but he's had like a hundred different jobs. He's done like a dump, a bunch of different things. And he just finally just settled down and just lives the rest of his life as a bum because he's just bored. He's just absolutely bored with humanity. He hates be- he hates being immortal. <laughs> Yeah, like, eventually you're going to get tired of it. Yeah, you know? it's kind
5: of like the, it's kind of the Twilight Zone.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode expanded to 90 minutes. I actually like that movie. It's a little on the cheap side sometimes. Some mm-hmm. of the sound isn't very good, but overall I think it's a good film. I think it's supposed to get a sequel on IFC at some point.
5: Okay. Like, the one guy in Twilight Zone, he, like, became immortal, but then he ended up, like, getting thrown in prison for life. So he was kind of screwed. Yeah, so he's just yeah. stuck in prison
0: for the rest yeah, of his life. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah.
5: Uh, let's
1: see. Kevin Smith's reboot of Masters of the Universe. They just dropped a um a longer trailer. There was a teaser trailer dropped a while ago, but it's pretty exciting, man. I mean, for 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 those that enjoyed the first um, animated series in their youth, um, I think it's pretty good. And ChaCha, I know that you had some criticism about re- recent animation kind of not you know swaying away from
5: you know, but I think yeah, like the she looked insane
1: the shira had it's a little more of an anime you know yeah. appeal to it but this one's not really anime type of um
5: of yeah, animation better I, mean, I still like the original animation better but really at least this okay. one's better than it is of, um it is, animation.
1: the trailer looks fantastic and you know of course i'm a big kevin smith fan so she'll have kevin smith's uh humor thrown in you know his writing style so but the trailer's pretty good i don't know if anyone got a chance to check it out um also in production is The Witcher Blood Origin, a prequel for The Witcher. And Michelle Yeoh has joined the cast for that, along with Lawrence Afarain.
0: Is it just me or does it seem like The Witcher season two is taking forever to get finished? Right. right. And they're, meanwhile, they're worried about a prequel. Like, <laughs> like right. I get it. You guys want to milk that franchise. But Jesus Christ, speed it up. Like, right. I know COVID, COVID put them in a lurch, but right. but I don't know yeah it's weird it just seems like it's taken way too long for that one sarah shahi is on netflix on a series
1: called sex life um supposedly her racist role to date um she's actually has a role in black adam as well mm-hmm. um with dwayne rock johnson um which is that's her biggest film role today but this role in sex life is probably her racist role to date um and, yeah, supposedly it's uh very, yeah, um, it's Fifty Shades-esque <laughs> kind of series. Um, so if you like that kind of stuff, check it out. But if you're a fan of Mr. Iglesias, The Crew, Country Comfort, or Bonding, none of those shows will be returning, all canceled by Netflix. Mm. Um, yeah, The Crew starred Kevin James. Um, so that never even got a second... Um, second season all right moving on to disney plus let's talk a little bit about loki guys um we are um, five episodes in um which arguably could be my my favorite of the um the series on i mean it's a toss-up between um wandavision and uh and loki i'll make my assessment on which i enjoyed better after the finale loki but nonetheless the f- first five episodes really strong um And uh, we found out some crazy stuff, like we know the time creepers aren't real, that the TV has been using variants as its workforce, Mm. um, and also something significant found in the void, the chaotic place where all the variants end up after being pruned. And pruned is that, you know, being zapped, uh, which I initially thought when watching it. You're disintegrated like Thanos in
0: the dust. Yeah, I thought but, that's what it was too. That shocked me when it right, happens. <laughs> right. So I was like, oh um, no, he's gone. <laughs> I know. Owen Wilson I'm like, no, Mobius. <laughs> I was Never sorry. got his jet ski. I know. I was up to that. That's my new no, favorite it, meme. That's my new favorite if, meme. Somebody get him a jet ski. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like, hey, that's what yeah, he wants. But no, they're all in the void. Yes, Mobius, um, loki um and even um sylvie decided to prune herself to rescue loki and of course we saw loki end up in this void with several other loki variants which is kind of cool i had an old loki played by richard e grant fantastic actor um and then we had a young loki (laughs) Oh yeah, and then we had a black Loki, and then we had an alligator Loki. So <laughs> you
5: know, the, the young Loki was drinking an Ecto cooler. You know, is that?
1: That's a cool little uh, Easter oh, egg, actually. Jesus. I was gonna mention. Yeah, I guess yes. do
5: they do they? Um, I guess travel through time and just get these old um, different drinks because never before they were. Um, Owen Wilson was drinking one of those. Um, was it Josta? Um, yeah, um, the energy yeah, drink. Yeah.
0: I think the way it is is like mm-hmm. you guys ever read um, the book Timeline by Michael Crichton? No. Not. There was a terrible movie with Paul Walker. Don't watch it. It's bad. But basically the <laughs> idea is that they invent time travel, but they're not necessarily traveling to a different point in one timeline. They're traveling to a different dimension that's either younger or older than, than the timeline they're in. So they're mm. going to France 1525, but it's in a different timeline. So if this is us right here, they're mm-hmm. going back to right here. Right. So it's not necessarily that it's the same timeline. It's a different timeline backwards. Yep. So it's close enough to the reality that they're from, but not quite. I think... uh, That way it doesn't (laughs) fuck up their own reality. I think think Doc um, said something very similar on Back to the Future, Jesse. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, which makes no sense because they wouldn't remember that because they, they <laughs> changed the they changed the past because yeah. it went back, so why do they exist? The, the giant law yeah. hole. I I know.
1: <laughs> so the, yeah, this was an Easter egg um that was in um the latest episode. And um yeah, they, they basically um, talked about young Loki cheering on the notion of fighting the monster smoke monster called Alioth um and he has a high c ecto cooler um so i'm sure you popped for that chachi that uh, I, I definitely did a reference there so uh and it looks like um
0: sylvia <clears throat> that, that that because technically that means they had to pay rights to sony because sony owns the rights to ghostbusters interesting does that mean well, disney's gonna buy sony don't say that. It's, Yes, really? <laughs> say that. Please buy Sony. No, buy everything. No, don't say like, that. No. Seriously, take Spider-Man back and and burn the Morbius movie.
1: Well, that means that that Disney's gonna own
2: everything. <laughs> yeah. Fuck
1: it. Fine. Like fine. Like at
0: this point, that's the one time I'm like acquisition of their studio will be fine. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean,
1: you already have some um crossover, you know, with with the characters in the Spider-Man Sony Universe and MCU. Yeah.
2: Um. With Tom Holland 100%.
1: Spider-Man being the only one so far, they. Mm. But that that could change,
5: you know. Why I mean, just they, rather than just buy Spider-Man, just pay for the rights to Spider-Man and not buy the whole studio?
1: Oh yeah, that, that's one way they could do it. Yeah, they've done a great job with Spider-Man, so I, I thought that would be great. But um, but yeah, no, I, I'm 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 digging. I I can't wait there for the finale for Loki because now we're gonna see how they, um, how they're <clears> gonna, <throat> gonna battle this smoke monster. Is it smoke
0: um, monster from lost
5: yeah. yeah
1: i
0: know that's you don't know, always think of that when i saw the smoke
1: <laughs> yeah, monster. yeah same
5: with yeah. me it definitely had the same vibe it's but, the yeah. devil it's the devil and, um, to Judge you.
1: how much sexual tension is there between loki and sylvie because it um so so sylvie um lady loki is a variant a female variant of of the of the loki we know and love um and um so is that a like transformation or what yeah, would Loki be like into himself? But the thing is is that in a very revealing episode three, mm. Sylvie asked Loki, Oh, I bet there are a lot of princesses in your life, or maybe even a prince, and he said, Well, a little bit of both. So Yeah. That being said, that is the first, um I guess is the first major character uh representing the lgbtq community. I guess Valkyrie is one, but I guess they don't consider her a main character. Um
0: yeah, she's, they don't really consider her a main character. She's kind of a side character.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um
5: So interesting, Wait, but you know, but so I, Robin Robin wasn't gay? What? Robin? Yeah, Robin. Robin's DC though. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a DC well, character. Oh, you're saying it's the most the first major um, Marvel character? Marvel Marvel character. Okay.
1: I don't think Robin was ever was he? No. Yeah. I don't think he is. No, I don't think he is. Yeah. But um Interesting enough, I don't know, Jess, if you wanted to segue into, I guess, something that uh, that uh, you kind of shared. Uh, I'm, I'm well,
0: I, I came out as bi back in the beginning of June, um, and I got overwhelming support about it. You know, And yeah. fine. You know, doesn't matter. But um, yeah, there, we have a um, on Mantras or Media. We have a show called Loki Sucks Dick. That's uh Erin Moriarty show that she runs with or that they she's non-binary now that they run with Seth Decker. Wait, the um, Erin Moriarty who plays Starlight? Different, Lord? different one. She has the same okay. name. Okay.
5: So,
0: okay. It, the names are the same. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complete coincidence. <laughs> it's like, woo! A complete coincidence. <laughs> it's not Starlight. Okay. Um, the Erin Moriarty and Seth Decker they run this this show called Loki Sucks Dick. It's a queer take upon the new show Loki, and they're basically analyzing the episodes from the queer perspective. And it's it's interesting to see, like, you know, that they get into all the details of like mannerisms and the way in which they behave around each other. And like, even the the implications of how Loki is into himself from another dimension, <laughs> like the Loki-Sylvie right. relationship. You know, there was the, the, if you look into the history of the Loki character from mythology, he turned himself into a horse at one point <laughs> and fucked another horse. that. It's a thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a thing. That,
1: sound, that sounds wild, Jess. Um, yeah, well, there's a all, lot. I commend you on your bravery. I, I guess you took a Pride Month as the opportunity to cut. Kind of, I mean, you said your close friends knew, but I, I didn't yeah. know. I guess a lot of you know, listeners will blow the bell. Uh, maybe yeah, one, maybe all maybe all your, the, closest, the people you know.
0: closest to me knew, like my my ex, Addie, she knew, You know, which is why we were ethically non-monogamous, because I'm like, yeah. I love you, Addie, but – but at the same time. Okay. You no. Know, Interesting. So, it, so, so
1: even how, the, go ahead. Okay, well I guess because if you if you don't mind we talk a little bit about this because uh I guess is, I think I've told you all fair that I haven't met too many bisexual men. I've you know met plenty of gay men, plenty of bi women, but not by men. So yeah. do you do you feel like you're attracted to one or another more so or is it one
0: of those It's not things? a fifty fifty split, Al.
1: Okay. <laughs> Please it's not, entertain my brain. Like I'm, this is not, I'm, I'm not, <laughs>
0: it's, It is. just a matter of you know whatever I'm into at the time. Like some days I'm mm-hmm. some some months I'm like yeah I'm more into women. Other times I'm more into men. It, it's just you know there's not really like a direct one to one preference okay. or something like that. You know. Would
1: would would a pansexual also be appropriate or is that a little more? Is
0: that a little more? I suppose I fall into that mm-hmm. a little more. I just I mm-hmm. just. is probably where i sit at the moment more than likely i'll lean more of that direction probably as i get older you know
5: but um so so as far as a life part different like so like you wanted to see like a guy and girl walk by and like them both at the same time would you
0: uh if the opportunity presented itself sure i don't know i never had that happen to me so
5: i I mean like who you're good and guy goking and girl walk by at the same time that you be into both of them equally um both i guess i don't know all right okay fair enough i don't know <laughs>
2: okay <laughs>
1: okay uh, as far as a long-term partner um you are open to either um a woman or a man
0: uh, oh, do you prefer,
1: because you, you said most of your long-term relationships have Oh,
0: long-term, pro- uh, lo- who would I prefer to be with long-term? Yes. Oh, probably a woman. Okay. More mm-hmm. than likely. So. Interesting. Cool. So I guess it's like a 75-25 thing, I guess.
2: All right.
1: All right. Very cool. Jesse, again, we appreciate your um candid uh, discussion of this. You yeah, know? It's yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and yeah.
0: both of you are not my type, so don't ask. <laughs> 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 it just broke my heart.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so get that out of the way right now uh, we're
1: good we're good jess don't worry <laughs> all right uh disney plus also
5: give it a few beers and see how i look
1: <laughs> uh star wars visions just dropped the trailer now this is also on disney plus guys so a very different take on star wars this is all japanese animation with all your favorite star wars characters um, and they're having several different studios um develop each short film. I guess they're calling short films within the series. Um, I don't know. do you got a chance to check out the trailer, either of you guys? It's pretty well, I've cool, been way too so busy today. it wasn't really a trailer. it's called a first look where you talk to the animators, so i, I oh yeah, those there.
0: yeah, those things yeah where they show like ten seconds of footage yeah. exactly. Yeah, I came so. here for the 10 seconds expanded to 90 seconds, please. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. You know. It was several minutes long, but it was really cool. Definitely um something very different that you have not seen in uh in the Star Wars universe. So um that's pretty exciting. Over on HBO, guys, um the House of the Dragon has cast the younger versions of two very important characters in the prequel series. Princess Renera, targaryen and Alicent hightower again this takes place 300 years uh before the events of game of thrones um so it's all about the an- the ancestors of the nearest card targaryen and of course that's also Jon snow as well she didn't know spoiler alert from game of thrones
2: hmm. um
5: <laughs> i wonder yes. how it ends
0: oh not very well <laughs>
5: <laughs> we got 10 episodes I'm so not really same amount of because I'm kind of I kind of feel burned from the um, previous series.
0: That's the, that's the big thing that just bugged okay. my mind is like they're trying to lean hard into Game of Thrones again, and I'm like, guys, right. you have you have decimated your audience with that last season, right? It's like, what's well, the point? Like everyone's redemption. Pissed. Redemption in a prequel? Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder where it's gonna end. Well, you the, know? the good For thing stuff is that we already know.
1: Well, the good thing it is um, there is source material that's where the the like a show like Fear the Walking Dead for example lost me because that's just based off different writers coming up with things you know yeah. um whereas The Walking Dead had source material and Robert Kirkman you know is a great writer because you know Invincible's good Walking Dead's good but like Fear the Walking Dead failed here it's still based on um you know the uh the books by George R, R. Martin um uh, so you know i I'm okay with that because it's gonna You know, as long as they follow, you know, George's uh, vision, then it could have the same feel as Game of Thrones. The problem with the finale of Game of Thrones or at least the final season, it went ahead of the source material before it was even written. So they had to take outlines of what George had planned and create the story in between. So that's where the problem was.
0: Yeah. Martin said recently that the ending of the book, that if he ever fucking finishes it, will be very different from the show. He's actually said that publicly, that he's going to change things okay. because they didn't like the ending. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to do something very different. It's OK, like, so, but, yeah. but the
1: initial intentions, as yeah. I did talk to um Dave at the SAG Awards, he did say, yeah, that that was actually um, George's. This is from the man himself, David Benioff, told me, yeah, that that's actually his was his, 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 his outline, how he, he wanted the show to end. And, you know, I kind of just you know, played nice guy and said, you know what? Hey, I, I love the final season, you yeah. know
2: you're alive int- I could
1: have been lying just to kind of you know, yeah.
0: be in good graces with him and get that photo. Maybe, op. How about maybe. that Battle of Winterfell? how how dark was that? <laughs> <laughs> your TV wasn't calibrated properly. I, no, it looks like shit, guys. Uh... <laughs>
5: and maybe
0: put some maybe, lighting on your fucking film sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah. was
5: my TV. I was trying to adjust it. Like I really thought like it was tough. What the to watch. going on. but it maybe little... so maybe he purposely like wrote the outline. Really bad for the final season. That way, he writes his book.
2: Everybody's
5: going be like, I hated the final season. i want to buy it because otherwise, most people probably want to buy his book because they already saw uh, what's gonna happen. So, it won't but be Brian the Broken as king, huh? <laughs> that was the worst choice at all. The <laughs> yeah, at least, at least yeah. like about character in the show. You're absolutely right. He's too weird. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did nothing to help them, right. <laughs>
0: I mean, this all depends upon if Martin actually ever even finishes the books in the first place. Yeah. How old is he now? He's up there, and that's yeah, the big that's, problem. That's what that's everyone's so problem. scared of is that they, they think he's gonna die before he finishes the last book. They're gonna have another Dune situation where Frank Herbert died before he finished the last book in the series, and oh, the last wow. book he wrote, Chapter House Dune, ends on a giant cliffhanger. That was, oh, wow. it was eventually resolved when his son, Brian Herbert and Kevin Anderson came in and they uh, wrote the last book and they split it into two books because, Hey, money. Yeah. Um, uh, and they made the last two It was hunters of Dune and sandworms of Dune. And they uh, wrote that as the ending to the series based on notes left behind by his dad, how you got two books worth of material out of one book worth of notes. I'm not sure how you did that, but okay. Um, huh. but nobody really likes those last two books. You know, there was this this implication of this, you know, by the end of the sixth book, Arrakis has been destroyed, like the planet's gone, like it's (laughs) the planet's gone, the galactic economy is in shambles, there's, you know, the Bene Gesserit order is all fucked, there's this, and there's this, this enemy, this, this, this species that lives out in subspace that's coming back to attack humanity once again, and it's like, that's where it ends, like before a giant galactic war, and it just stops. Wow. So that's a thing, yeah. It's, yeah.
1: it's, we, it's like you said, yeah. That's an interesting uh, comparison, Jesse. Well, at least uh, George is in great shape, so hopefully he'll yeah. <laughs> be along.
2: Uh,
1: very old. Exactly. Uh, a couple more HBO things. Uh, Lily Rabe has been cast opposite Fargo and Black Mirror star Jesse Plemons in HBO Max original series Love and Death, which follows two church-going couples enjoying a small-town family life in Texas. At least until somebody picks up an axe. Um, so, okay. I'm not going to axe anymore. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, boo. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, let's see. HBO Succession uh, just dropped the trailer for its upcoming season. If you're a fan of Succession, haven't gotten into it yet. It's won a ton of awards, Best Actor awards and stuff. Um, I think at, at some point I'd like to catch it, but... If you're a fan of Lovecraft Country, it sadly Mm. has been canceled, not renewed for a second season on HBO. So, And um, quickly on Amazon Prime, Chris Pratt's um, Tomorrow War. I just started before we, uh, while I was eating dinner. Um, It starts off pretty strong. I know that there was very mixed reviews. It got a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes um, for critics, but then 80% on Audience. That usually um, is the case. Yeah. Boys <laughs> just typically don't
0: care. It's like
1: I, I think the plot's pretty
0: good, you know. Um. I know for a fact there's like giant paradoxes all over the place in that movie, and I think that is a okay. contender for next season of Film Rescue. So I think that we're going to probably cover huh. that at some point. Well, someone actually
1: called it the the garbage pizza of science fiction films. <laughs> um, yeah. To a mediocre straight white savior fantasy in which the protagonist is fucking stupid. Oh, wow. Jesus.
0: Well, that doesn't help. (laughs) You're not encouraging me to watch this, dude. Right. I mean, these are the
1: reviews that have been, uh, um, you know, again, some reviewers. I tend not to um, side too much with the critics' scores. I am more uh, side with the audience. That's for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. Amazon Lord of the Rings live-action TV series has wrapped production on season one uh what do we know so far well um the details of the quartet who will play in the live action lord of the rings series are, are kept under the wraps um so they're not revealing which actors are going to play the quartet i guess um they want it to go for five seasons um,
0: I'm just they jump m- into that show it was
1: like 400 million dollars or something um, like that right so the global rights alone to the series was 250 million jesus christ and um casting visual effects are factored in the price tag could hit one billion for a tv show
0: like, dude you could fix an entire third world country with that money mm-hmm. <laughs> yes absolutely jesus fucking
1: christ dude. one billion dollars that's oh my
0: evil. god yes. like, can People you ask me why that, i'm though? so cynical there's there's your reason <laughs>
1: yep so um i mean we're gonna watch it i mean we're all lord of the rings fans you know we're gonna watch let's be honest but uh um we'll we'll just have to wait and see but they wrap production um they haven't set a premiere date just yet but i'm really more so excited about the boys season three they're doing a lot of promotion uh we talked about the starlight music video to kind of promote uh, the upcoming season they also had something called vnn which is Vought News Network. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is where a um, an anchor named uh, Cameron Coleman, portrayed by actor Matthew Edison, talked about the series and uh, basically, yeah, throwing up uh, some, I guess, what we could
0: expect in the upcoming
1: seasons. Um, yeah. Isn't, a
0: uh, lot. isn't Herogasm supposed to be the big thing for season three? Herogasm is. Oh, God. Uh,
5: How so- the Chachi? fuck? Are they going to get away with this? It's
0: basically a huge orgy. It's like
1: um, hedonism for superheroes. Yeah. Where a lot of the superheroes, tra- the,
5: the soups rather, it's, travel it's, to it's, this it's destination. Spring break. It's spring break, they basically.
1: Just fuck each other. Yep.
5: Yeah, because it's got to be better for them to like bang other superheroes because like don't they usually like, end up killing like regular humans? Yeah, yeah. Basically that Yeah. Which is yeah.
0: part of the thing that's in the in the comic is that the Homelander raped Billy Butcher's wife In the comic she doesn't survive. She dies. Oh okay. um, But basically right. he the Homelander raped Billy Butcher's wife, Rebecca, and she gets pregnant with his kid and she can't bear the child. So she ends up dying when the child like bursts out of her. Damn. Right. And like still with the umbilical cord attached to it. And Butcher just Jesus. takes a baseball bat and beats it to death. That like is, the it's, fetus it's, just floating in the air, and he just oh beats my god, with a baseball bat. It's like, wow, they, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they cut that from the show. <laughs> yeah, there's some things in those books where I'm like, we don't know, we don't need yeah, to go there. I mean,
1: I, they said it on Mallrats many many um years ago. Uh, how the only one that could handle Superman super sperm is Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, yeah you know, so, child.
1: so so there you go. <laughs> And last, uh, lastly, on Amazon, Sersha Ronan, Lakeith Stanfield, and Paul Mescal will be in a, um, a film adaptation on Amazon Studios um, for *Foe*. It's an adaptation of Ian Reid's science, science fiction novel. Hmm. Um, it's set in the future where corporate greed is destroying the environment, um, and uh, basically That's way in the future, right? Way in the future, where Mescal <laughs> and Ronan, both of whom are Irish. Play Junior, and Hen, respectively. They've been married for seven years and lived a reclusive life on a remote farm when a stranger at their door tells them uh, Junior has been selected to travel to an experimental space station orbiting Earth. so Interesting. So that's Amazon Prime stuff. And uh, just a little bit left, but I think this is a good time to uh, uh, take a classic cut break. So, one second... So, Chachi, take it away.
2: It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi I Chachi.
5: All right. Go That's for it. Theme song. <laughs> That's right. It's Chachi in Charge, once again, for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week I go into our archives, dust off some cassette tapes, you know, roll, take a pencil, roll the tape back inside the tape, <laughs> and get it ready for your listening pleasure, and normally I pick a song that relates to something going on currently, and this is actually mm-hmm. sad news, Al, if you want to read the news.
1: Right. I'm glad I actually scrolled to it in time. Uh, That's right. uh, Director extraordinaire Richard Donner, the director behind such hits as Goonies, Lethal Weapon, Superman, died on July 5th at the age of 91. No cause of death was given, but he was 91, so it's kind of presumed it was natural causes. Um, He directed Superman, the 1978 Man of Steel Mm -hmm. epic that invented basically invented the comic book movie. Um yeah, and of, yeah. of
0: course or at the very least modernized it for the era. Exactly. All right.
1: And of course your favorite movie of Richard Donner's is The Goonies and I know the Goonies uh, talk time, a lot about time. um Richard Donner. Um Sean Aston said Richard Donner had the biggest boomiest voice you can imagine. He commanded attention, laughed like no man has ever laughed before. Um cory feldman um josh brolin they they all had great things to say obviously about richard donner um and um josh said everyone visits and then has to go but this man is one person who simply exuded something that spoke forever he calls him dick donner dick Donner, yeah, yeah. thank you for uh springboarding what has been, been for a piece of me um, your perpetual awe and sense of child—you always played with life, with all of that, with all of us close to you—couldn't help but inherit. Wow, it's very intelligent, wordy statement by Josh Brolin, Brand there, Thanos if you will. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just lots of, you know, lots of heartfelt words from the Goonies cast, but. Um,
5: yeah, and I know for years they were um, talking about doing a sequel to The Goonies, and um,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Like Richard
5: Diner never quite thought it was up to snuff, you know, the different scripts mm-hmm. they had and different ideas, um, which I was happy about. Like, I can't...
0: It, it's a one-off movie. You, you can't yeah, really get a sequel yeah. out of that.
5: Yeah, some movies, you, or you could just end and be done with it. They wrapped it up at the end, they stayed mm-hmm. the the Goondocks. Um, not every movie needs a sequel or a trilogy or a remake. Although you I'm
1: did say interested. you did say a series like yeah, Cobra yeah. Kai could be probable.
5: Yeah, like if it was done right, um if they made a series and like, you know, called it called it the goondocks, you know, don't even call it the Goonies, you know, have it be like kind of like Cobra Kai to the Crowdy Kid franchise. Mm-hmm. And take your time because the only way you could do it is with um the children of the Goonies. You know, right. and you still would need to build up the um, characters like the original characters and what they have been doing for the past um you know um 35 years um you can't do that in a movie in like a two-hour movie or like an hour and a half movie it'd be too much to cram through um so i think the only way you could do it is with the series but um it's got to be the right people doing it it's got to be fans of the original movie not that it's these um greedy executives want to, like, you know, make money off of it, which is what you okay. probably would get. Uh, but, yeah. And the cost cut? Yeah, no, but Richard Donner, like, a funny story. I went to the Goonies um, re- um, reunion celebration, um, the 30th, um, back when they had it, and um heard a funny story about Richard Donner, is that he loved working with the kids in the movie, but they were definitely a handful, as you can imagine, a huge yeah. uh, group of young kids, um, you know, and he was, you know, a much older guy, you know, much older director at the time because um, you know, he died at 91, but like he can only dance so much of them, even though he loved them. By the time the movie wrapped, he was ready to get home and he had mm-hmm. a house in Hollywood. I mean, not Hollywood, in Hawaii. He was ready to get home and relax. Right. So like um, before he even left, um, Spielberg um, you know, kind of like pulling a prank a Donner, you know, because Spielberg was uh, one of the producers of the movie. He actually paid for the whole cast and the kids and flew them out to richard donner's house president in in hawaii so um richard donner you know after filming all these months he gets back to his house ready to relax ready to put all the kids behind him for a while and walks in and sees all the kids you know from the movie in his house and he just turned like a sheet of white like and like even the fratelli brothers (laughs) like they um they kind of fought in real life. You know, they were constantly at uh, each other's throats is how they were in the movie. And like when he saw them, they were actually outside like fighting, rolling down the hill, of his, you know, in his yard. So it was like a whole chaotic scene. And like, you know, Spielberg's just, you know, laughing his ass off. <laughs> but yeah, I always just heard good things about him. You know, when um, Corey Feldman was talking before about, you know, somebody in the industry like, you know, um, lusting him or whatever. I'm like, please don't let it be Richard Donner. And luckily it wasn't. You know, so I was happy about that. I was happy to just, you know have his good um, history and name like, held up. And yeah, it's definitely a sad. It leaves a, a good legacy. Off. Yeah, great legacy. But this is one song from the movies. I know we played um, Sydney Goonies are good Goonies enough. Goonies are good like, enough. Yeah, <laughs> a thousand times in the show. But this is another um, song from the movie, and you might not remember it because it was actually from a scene that was cut out of the movie, and they ended up um, showing the scene when the movie was played on TV like years later, and it was the octopus scene.
2: Uh, and yeah. if you have, like,
5: oh, yeah. or you have it on digital, you can see it in the deleted scenes, but apparently they made this huge octopus, and this is the scene where they first saw the um, pirate ship, and they were swimming to the pirate ship, and this octopus came out of the water and started attacking them, and then I believe it was, it was Data who um, had his little uh, cassette tape player and played this song, which I'm going to play now, and threw it into the octopus's mouth, and the octopus like, Scurried away with the song playing in his mouth. It was kind of like a cheesy scene, especially the octopus didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. Yeah, that's why effect. they cut it. That's why they cut it. But this song is called Eight Arms to Hold You, which, you know, Octopus. <laughs> and it's by a group called the Goon Squad. And somehow this song made it to number one on the Billboard Hot Dance um, Club chart. Hot Dance Club charts? Yeah. So this is a group, you know, called the Goon Squad. How appropriate? You know, eight arms to hold you. Rest <laughs> right. in, each rest in peace, um, Dick Donner. I mean, if an octopus is gonna hold you, that's appropriate title, right? <laughs> eight arms, yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We'll be back right
1: after the classic cut. Eight
2: arms. All right,
1: that was a classic cut. Appropriately enough, rest in peace, Richard Donner. Mm-hmm.
2: All
1: mm-hmm. right, just a couple more things, and then uh, real quick, um, Ryan Murphy revealed twenty-one cast members for the upcoming American Horror Story spin-off series, <laughs> uniquely entitled. American Horror Stories, plural. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I know. So every wasn't...
0: episode is now a one-off?
1: Every episode will be a one-off, like a story, yeah. but
0: like an so anthology Tales style. from the Crypt. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Wasn't he to... trying to make a new Tales from the Crypt at some point? Or or on on the the Tales from, from the, the Dark Side. Tales from the Dark Side, that's right, that's right. Wasn't yeah. that Shyamalan that was trying to do that for a while? Yeah. So
1: my, I'm not Shyamalan, yeah. I, I think he was involved. But yeah, this will be the, the American Horror Story style of horror that you love from the yeah. anthology yeah. and now single story episodes. So some yeah. of the actors that will be joining include Matt Bomer, hmm. um, Sierra McCormick, Paris Jackson. Josh, I know you're a fan of Paris, oh, cool. Michael's, yeah. Michael's daughter. Um, Kaya Gerber. Kaya Gerber is Cindy Crawford's daughter.
5: Who dated uh, Pete. I look as, looks as, like her, too. She does look just like her, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah, she was linked with Pete Davidson at one point. Uh, Madison Bailey, Amy Grabo, John Carroll Lynch, who's a great actor. Naomi Grossman, who's uh, been on our show before. Um, And interestingly enough... Danny Trejo will be playing Santa.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> in, I'm in one of the episodes. I'm in. That, that got me in. Did that, that sell you? <laughs> that playing Santa, I'm so in. I'm so in. All old. right, cool, cool, cool. Um,
1: and um, Billy Lord and Virginia Gardner. <laughs> yeah, Billy Lord of as, as you know, is uh the daughter yeah. of Carrie Fisher. So um, so I think that should be cool. I'm looking forward to that. I actually still have AHS 1984 on my DVR
0: and I haven't <laughs> tuned in to watch it yet. <laughs> I, I kind of tapped out of that series around season three or four.
1: Really? I thought the series was really strong and then it lost me at Roanoke and then it picked up at Apocalypse. Got a little better. Yeah,
5: <laughs> it's, it's still shitty. It, it, it's probably <laughs> better for this anthology series because like... Uh. He doesn't seem to know what to do after he starts writing a a, a season. Like it starts off like, like pretty good, and then all of a sudden it just kind of all falls apart. Like by the end, like he has no idea. It keeps changing throughout the season. Like he doesn't know how to, you know, make um, what's it like, thirteen episodes?
2: Yeah,
5: right. yeah. It, like he, he, I mean, they're great early on, but you know, I, I kind of watch it out of obligation now. Out of obligation. Yeah, okay. you, know, you know, kind of like Walking Dead. Like, ah. it's best <laughs> well, I best years.
1: Anthologies you can ju- you can jump in at any moment because right, it's a separate exactly. story. So, all right. So over on Peacock we have the um, the Joe Exotic series based on the um, Tiger King phenomenon on Netflix, also loosely based on the podcast of the same name called Joe Exotic. Um, they just announced Kyle McLaugh- Kyle McLaughlin um has joined the cast as howard baskin nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love yeah.
0: mclaughlin
1: <laughs> yeah kate mckinnon and john cameron um are also in it as you know kate is carol baskin um and um richard Fickner will play rick kirkman um who actually is replacing um Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid had to had to bow out of it, and John Cameron Mitchell plays uh Joe Exotic. So hmm. Um For you Manifest fans this is um sad news that Manifest has not been renewed for season four. So apparently they've written out seasons four, five, and six. Uh, the showrunner um is hoping if another Network will not pick up the series because they ha- he pretty much has written out the, the last three seasons. Um, he'd like to make a feature-length movie that would serve as a series finale of of the drama. Um, you know, I tuned in for a few episodes of, 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 of Manifest. and I never finished it, but it was a really clever um, series and kind of tradition of Lost. I know you guys are Lost fans, but uh, basically it's, it's a bunch of people that are on a plane, and when they return... They don't age, and everyone else has aged five years. Mm. They're trying to solve that mystery uh, as to why. Um, and some other crazy stuff has occurred, too, on that flight uh, as a result of that. So, um, um, so Jesse, you, you mentioned there's actually a, um, a local con happening um, next, next Saturday. Saturday, the 17th of July.
0: Yeah, uh, Stellar Con. It's uh, going to be up in Bel Air, Maryland. Um, hopefully yeah. this episode is out in time for that. Yes. Um, it's basically, it's a first year con through Transcendent Events. That's Kevin Hawk's uh, uh, company that does a lot of the Transcendent stuff at Power Plant in Baltimore. Uh, it's a first year convention, so it's only going to be about six, seven hours long or something like that. Okay. But uh, it's there's going to be some comics writers there. And my podcast crew that I'm with, the Montressor Media, we're going to have our table there. We're going to awesome. have selling merchandise. We're going to have previews, like clips of the shows that we have on YouTube right now. We're going to have them all displayed. Um, we're going to have T-shirts, stickers, buttons, all that stuff. Oh, cool. Um, we're going to do interviews. We're actually going to record an episode while we're there as well. Oh, of, clever. Uh, of Split the Difference, the show that I run, um, where we're going to compare an original film and its remake. And we're yes. starting off on a really bad note to start our season three. We're watching Rollerball. <laughs> it's an, <laughs> an awful John McTiernan movie. <laughs> <laughs> An okay. Awful, awful movie. But well, okay. so we're comparing it to the original film starring James Caan from the nineteen seventies. So you're you'll be
1: recording that on the premises. We're oh, recording so. it
0: on the premises. We have a bunch of people that are gonna be going with us. Um we're gonna have a bunch of people at the table. Uh so oh. there will never not be people at the table. We will be recording it while huh? we're there. The episode is gonna be able to take like 45 minutes to record. So we can find a quiet spot to record.
1: Awesome. I'm excited about Khan's returning and gra- glad you brought that up yeah. because Yeah. Awesome Con, Washington, I'll be there too. Premier Comic Con returns in person, thank God, mid-August, and they just announced two of the cast members from The Boys. So Oh uh,
0: yeah. Uh, Is it uh it's Jack Quaid?
1: Jack Quaid. Hugh Hugh, yep. Hugh and um uh Karen Fukuhara.
5: Um, uh yeah. yeah,
1: um both have Kimiko. Uh, announced... Kimiko Kimiko yeah that's exactly yeah and of course for you Back to the Future fans Michael J Fox and Christopher Lloyd will be in attendance and uh, quite a few other celebrities pretty exciting. Chach, are you excited about Awesome Con? The return of
5: cons happening? No, not yet. You're not not <laughs> yet. Yeah.
0: Uh, they still have a mandatory mask policy. You have to have a mask in the in the building because, oh, of, they and, uh, because yeah, of the because the amount made... of people. Well, it's also just for safety reasons. There's um, oh. also the tables are more spread out. The aisles are going to be wider, so there'll this be is... space to move, you know, so as this, opposed to awesome all the
5: other is this AwesomeCon,
1: or is this the StellarCon? Um, this is AwesomeCon. This, oh, oh, awesome this is for AwesomeCon.
5: Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't only know that. You don't need to wear uh, a mask during photo ops, do you? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. that's the thing like right there.
1: Because a lot of, yeah, we, we do like to do the the photo ops and meet our favorite celebrities, yeah. and if the master president definitely um, takes away from that photo op moment, you know? Yeah. So um very curious to see how it handled. Of course, if everybody's vaccine vaccinated, um, then hopefully that yeah. won't be an issue, but the San Diego comic-con um, they're doing another home version for July.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but they're going to do an in-person special gathering at Thanksgiving weekend. But the one that ha- coming up in July will be just, your basically the same um, virtual panels that you saw for last year's San Diego Comic-Con, um, you'll see panels featuring The Simpsons, Central Park, Family Guy, American Dad, The Great North, Bob's Burgers, just to name a few. So, of course, you can check out more on Comic-Con's official website. Um, Fran Drescher is preparing to run for president of SAG-AFTRA. Now that Gabby Carter has decided not to seek reelection for a third term, of course, yeah. I'm a member of SAG-AFTRA, and I thought that, you know, G- Gabby did a, 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 you know, an adequate job, a decent job as president. I guess she didn't disclose why she wants to, um, you know, no longer run, because you can run for multiple terms, not like President of the United States yeah. right you A little bit <laughs> two terms. Uh, but, she, um, but Fran Drescher will be... Um, campaigning um against uh matthew modine who will um be trying yeah he'll be trying again uh matthew Modine actually lost to carteris carteris in 2019 um that's surprising yeah um so matthew wants to try his luck again now that it's um i guess yeah people thought that gabrielle carteris did a decent job because she was pretty much retired as an actress except for that night to win a spinoff and you know you get an actor that's still heavily working you know will it take away from their duties as sag president you know like matthew modine is still actively working you know yeah um so that's one thing to keep in mind i um, mean
0: if schwarzenegger can be the governor of california while also doing a terminator movie i think he should be fine <laughs> <laughs> what
1: did did he do it co- concurrently? Because I I thought oh he no didn't. wait no he did
0: take time off that's right that's what
1: I thought I I didn't think he was uh, in office when uh when he that's right no,
0: yeah it was before and after that's right when yeah. he was in office he wasn't doing anything and
1: that's, that's the right. thing people talk about the rock running for president I just it just it's not realistic. no no because he's the, like one of the most bankable movie stars out there just because no, like think... they're a
0: nice person doesn't mean they're good as a politician no
5: right but I think I think if he does I think it would be later in his life when he's. Yeah
1: you know, yeah. You know yep. in air. yeah uh let's see celebrity gossip news so um i guess we could mention really quick bill cosby um his Ugh. sexual assault conviction got overturned and felicia rashad who plays tv wife um supported bill cosby and uh, bill getting released um, from prison early uh, i think he only served two years Yeah, was it supposed to be a six-year
0: sentence or something like that? I believe it was a six to eight-year
1: sentence, right? So he did two years, and um, Bill Cosby claimed that you know it's against freedom of speech, basically, because um, yeah, I mean, you know, Howard University supposedly had an issue. They just recently um, named her the dean of the College of Fine Arts. Oh Um, Jesus so um apparently, um, I don't know if that's gonna affect you know her standing with the college probably but I, I, <laughs> they 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 haven't said yet, but they're definitely against mm. you know what she said they basically um basically said, Howard University, you must support one's freedom of speech, which is taught or supposed to be taught every day at a renowned law school which resides on her campus yeah. that
0: bill Cosby said in this statement um you can have freedom of speech, but you're not free from the consequences of your freedom of speech.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many women were there? I mean, there were like twenty plus women. That's like, so that, that. like no, it, it's just you know, like, it was it's, like sixty, wasn't it?
0: Was it I mean, even more? A, it's a massive number. Massive a massive
1: number. number. So he is getting off fairly,
5: um, fairly easy. It's almost a slap on the yeah. wrist. Um, he should
0: have died in prison, and he's not going to.
5: Now, apparently, apparently, what happened was like the, it, they did railroad him to convict him. It's kind of the OJ thing. The OJ thing. They knew he was guilty, so they got him on that um, on that one uh, robbery. Yeah, robbery thing, and sent him to a prison for like way longer than they would have if he killed two people. It was kind of like that, where the prosecutor like kind of like they kind of screwed him to convict him, even though he was guilty, just to convict him, and then he. Now that's why I got overturned. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um yeah, not too much on, on the um the gossip news. Um um of course um there is a news about the Olympian um getting disqualified from running because she tested positive for marijuana use and since when is marijuana um a way to uh, enhance your performance in, in athletics? I, I've never heard of that. I if um, anything you'll be slower. Yeah, it makes no, you slower. Yeah. it
0: can it can help to reduce muscle soreness. Oh really? it it can Um, help reduce muscle soreness gives you a little bit more um it 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 can sort of numb you out a little bit so if you're like sore after a after your training day or something like that it can sort of help a little bit but it's like i i don't i don't understand the point of like like weed who gives a shit i just don't get it it's
1: it's 2021 guys yeah it's legal in most states and Shakari Richardson cannot run in the Olympic 100-meter race after testing positive for a chemical found in
0: weed. And um, Was there another runner who was tested positive for steroids and they let her run? Was yeah. A- I don't know. I see
1: that's where the, the, the confusion is and, and, and the, the double standard, I guess. And yeah. there's also controversy about – I'm curious on your take on this, Jesse. Laurel Hubbard, the first transgender athlete to compete in the Olympics – and the women's weightlifting team for Tokyo's uh, 2020 Olympics, um, who, uh, you know, um, Laurel was born male and yeah. tran- transitioned into female. Um, there's a lot of controversy, um, all, you know, mainly because when you're born male, there's certain aspects of your anatomy that, you know, that may have an av- a fair advantage,
0: um, you know, w- with athletics, you know. Um, um to a degree but not as much as you'd think mm-hmm. uh, it's you, because if you're taking hormones to transition from male to female or female to male that can affect your performance and it can change your body chemistry but it's mm-hmm. it it's so insignificant that it it's I, I don't even think it would really register that much you know so I, I think, you know, fine. I I have you no think problem. It's, you think it's a... I think it's fair. Okay,
1: well, basically, the testosterone levels... If it was um... a
0: man taking, taking testosterone to juice up, basically, like a steroid, then I'd have a problem with it, <laughs> you know? Okay.
1: Well, basically, Laurel's um, testosterone levels have to be under a certain threshold. Yeah. And because Laurel is taking female hormones and supposed to eliminate any free testosterone i guess that's where it happens but you know what so i don't know i I, you know i you know i i I like to be the middleman on the show not too controversial i think it's completely okay for something like pro wrestling where an act an uh, um an actress slash athlete like naya rose competes in something that's predetermined yeah um she's an excellent wrestler she's trans she's from washington dc actually but with actual athletics, I just feel when you do that, it kind of takes away from, you know, you know, cis women that that might be unfairly um, taken, you know, have have a disadvantage in competing. I mean, I, I mean, it's my opinion. I know I, it might be seen as um, controversial to some. Maybe some people will agree with me, but. I don't know. I mean, I feel that if they're gonna let that slide, then you gotta let Shakari slide with the weed. <laughs> you know, what I mean, yeah, we're already, like, we're already bending rules already. You know, I
0: don't know. Uh, it's 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 quite it's it's a grander debate for another time. <laughs> you know, we're not the people already, that should be deciding that. Yeah,
1: I yeah, and I get it. But it, there's already a lot of changes uh, going on. Um, obviously the first Miss USA contestant. Um, in the Traditionally, all cis women um, pageant is Miss Nevada uh, 2021. Her name is Cataluna Enriquez, the first transgender
2: mm.
1: contestant to compete for um, Miss USA. So that's
2: yeah.
1: definitely, definitely uh, groundbreaking and definitely something we have not seen before. So yeah. um, well, Miss Nevada will at least be in the top three then, right? You know what? It wouldn't surprise me because, you know, who wants to do to the vote her out you know <laughs> it's like they feel they'll look like the bad person if they do right, that right but, exactly but you know at the same time you know I, I i don't know we'll just yeah we'll have to see i mean it happens there um and of course we have to um give our well wishes to former wwf superstar terry fung chachi you sent me this that he's suffering from dementia oh yeah um so hopefully um i know there's some magic drugs out there now as a friend's mother, um someone um that has a I won't mention my name, but has been on the show. Um a friend um a mother of, of one of the, of our colleagues that has been on Below the Belt Show is now um going through some dementia. Um the mother is going through some dementia rather, and uh this wonder drug has really just um just done wonders for um memory and recognition wow. for our colleagues uh, mother. So we c help for continued um
5: I mean, that's nasty improvement. Disease. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean it's like you're a shell
5: of your former self. Yeah, you know, it's college, a horrible so. horrible way to go. Um you know, just losing all your memories, losing like who like like not knowing people around you who you've loved. Yes.
1: Absolutely. there's nothing more heartbreaking yeah. than seeing that happen. So and of course, uh we uh have some just some rest in peace. We already mentioned Richard Donner. Um so rest in peace, Richard Donner, director extraordinaire, the Goonies and Superman, the movie. And speaking of Superman, since we're off for a few weeks, we have to acknowledge Ned Beatty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember Ned Beatty, guys? Um he He was died. also in
0: Superman. He was in the original it's, Superman. That's exactly
1: right. it. Yeah. Yep. So Ned was in Superman. He also um wanna um he, wel- he was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars for his performance in Sidney Lumet's 76th film called Network. Um, oh, he's
0: so good in Network. He's so yes, good. Yes, yes. He was only in, I think, like one scene. I think in that movie.
1: Interesting, because that's that's enough for Best Supporting Actor. It doesn't matter how but small. But
0: he has such are. presence in that one scene. He's, right. Yeah, he's really good in that scene. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 it. Now, he earned it.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this network film um, this uh, what the Broadway hit Broadway play with Brian Cranston's based on? If it is, then I definitely need to see it because I. Do uh, I Broadway don't play. know.
0: I don't know. Okay. It's the it's the one where the news broadcaster freaks out and goes on TV and screams, yes. "I'm mad as hell and I can't yes. take it anymore!" anymore.
1: Yes, 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 <clears throat> yes. Brian Cranston, a Breaking Bad fame, uh, wow. killed it literally because he shot himself <laughs> but literally
5: oh, um, spoiler man
1: and, well it's a broadway play is it? <laughs> well it's different man. it's
0: different in the film it actually in the film okay. the news network actually hires hitmen to go into the audience and they kill the main character oh the, well,
2: then it is different
0: it is different yeah the broadway show is different from the film it okay. differs a little bit yeah
1: okay well there you go
0: yeah different okay, ending. So
1: Yeah, interesting that baby sadly had passed away um also actress suzanne douglas had sadly passed away um she's known for her lead role in tap alongside great dancers such as gregory hines sammy davis jr performed with angela bassett Whoopi goldberg and how stella got her groove back mm. um so definitely um a legendary actress um actress lisa baines known for her roles in gone girl and cocktail numerous broadway productions sadly died um, due to a hit-and-run accident, um, she had been on life support for a little while, and sadly, she had passed away. Um, so she was struck in a crosswalk by a red and black scooter, according to police. And the vehicle blew through a red light before the accident. So the driver actually fled the scene, tried to flee. She was the- struck by a scooter. Yeah, and sucks. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Actor John Paragon, unknown for playing John B the Genie on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, I know. Yeah, very sad. He passed away at the age of 66. No cause of death.
2: Yeah, him, um, him and Paul
5: given... were friends early on on the comedy scene. Yeah. That's how they knew each other and then he mm-hmm. like grabbed them to do um, John B on Pee-wee's Playhouse. He was great in Pee-wee's
1: Playhouse. He did yeah.
5: all kinds of iterations
1: and also the um, the TV series and both the film and and the, and yeah, so um two celebrity fathers who have quite the resumes for themselves to pass away first and more recently, Robert Downey Sr. Uh, that's Iron Man's dad, guys. He died in his sleep mm-hmm. in New York after battle with Parkinson's disease. I um,
5: he never knew that his father was an actor.
1: His father was an actor, uh, oh, yeah. led the observist movement, uh, basically basement budget independent films. His work in the late 60s and 70s was a classic anti establishment, echoing the nonconformity promoted by larger co- counterculture movements, which led to new freedoms, including the breakdown of codes and censorship. Uh, so, rest in peace, um, Robert Downey Sr., and also Ernie Lively, um, character actor whose daughter is Blake Lively, um, died of cardiac complications. Notable roles include Duke of Hazard, Turner and Hooch, and of course played Blake Lively's actual dad in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <clears throat> Max Rosenthal, the father of everybody loves Raymond creator Phil Rosenthal, sadly passed away. He's also a Holocaust survivor who escaped Germany in 1938. Oh wow. Yeah, he was 95. Uh Dilip Kumar um died at 98 was an acting icon credited with bringing his method style into Indian cinema Bollywood and was
5: widely known as the tragedy king. Got it. It's like the in memoriam section of the um, Oscars.
2: Yeah, right
1: now. <laughs> A <lot> about
5: older <laughs> older legends, yeah. Well, I to talking about all these different um and, and big,
1: yeah, and big names as well. Um, Stuart Damon, actor known for fan favorite Dr. Alan Quartermain on General Hospital, had passed away. Along with John Gabriel, known as Dr. Uh, Bulak on ABC's Ryan's Hope, had passed away. And um, rapper Gift of Gab from Black had passed away as well. So rest in peace. And with death, we always celebrate life. As Amber Heard, Mara uh, is a new mom. Actually did not share um, anything about the father or is it possible that there is no father and that she just had the surrogate, but she had a surrogate, have a child for her. Um, Yeah. And the the baby girl's name is Una Page Heard. And she talked about how wanting to normalize having a baby without necessarily having a ring. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So she basically, yeah. Because I mean, I guess traditionally you're supposed to be married, you know. But if you don't have a partner, um, yeah, exactly. But she wants to normalize that. But you know, of course, Amber has some controversy because there's audio of her actually smacking the shit out of Johnny Depp. But yet Johnny Depp is the one getting canceled.
5: Yeah. Um, a
1: little bit of a double yeah. standard. Um.
5: No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She had like what what they had like over a million signatures to um. Take her off of Aquaman and then do it. But she's on set of Aquaman 2. as we see. She's, she, she's in Aquaman two. She's in Aquaman. Too. Like, like imagine if they had a million signatures against you know, some man to not be in a movie. He'd be gone so fast. Probably so, yeah. Hmm. A little bit of a double
1: standard. But yeah, I mean, uh I don't know. I think Johnny Depp has um a chance to come back. I mean but getting getting um cancelled from the Fantastic that def- definitely sucks for his yeah. career.
0: Um, but, but that last movie wasn't very good, so I don't think it's a huge loss. The for second me. movie sucked. It's so was, bad. But the first I one was good. I, I love the first one, though. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It was great when they reset the entire movie at the end of the movie. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, this is happened. interesting. Chachi, you sent me this. So Nick Cannon apparently has had four babies with three different women in the same year. Um, wow. He's that. becoming Baltimore's dad. No, I'm, joking. <laughs> 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 I'm teasing Nick. So he had a baby with Alyssa Scott, who's a supermodel. Smoking hot, if you've seen her. Ridiculous. And then she had twins, Zion and Zillion, with a woman named Abby De La Rosa, and then welcomed... A daughter with a woman named Brittany Bell, and she—he uh, actually already has a four-year-old son with Brittany,
5: and of course has ten-year-old twins with Mariah Carey. Yeah, so, so someone was not um, social distancing during the quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> setting up franchises. Yeah, God.
0: Like a
1: fucking a lot, Starbucks. I mean, I should, but this is—I can understand. Okay, maybe a couple years apart, but within the same year. Yeah, has he hasn't ever heard three, of condoms. Three different women that I guess he was in casual relationships with. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Tom Brady had a very similar situation. I think his son with Giselle and the Bridget Monahan son are similar in age. But um, I think it was it's a little. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, America's Got Talent. Well, you know, um, Nick's Nick's got super smart. Spr-
5: yeah. <laughs> I guess that's his. I guess that's his talent. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Americans don't got
0: condoms. <laughs> oh, yeah. A friend of mine was on America's Got Talent recently. Oh, uh, the, the, the stunner. The stunner. Remember that? Do you see that dance competition? It was like a break. It's like a break dance. It's my buddy, Tyler.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Uh, Touch, I know you follow the show.
5: right? Yeah. I watched, um, the season.
0: Well, it, 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 it just aired on Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tyler Scott something. Hoover, who is, um, uh, does a really good Spider-Man in Maryland. Uh he cool. was on there as his his original character, the stunner. It's kind of like a breakdancer kind
5: of thing. Okay. I have to check it out. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And um yeah, it's interesting you meant to mention that mentioned that, Jesse. Um shout out to actress Val Moranto, who I work with on a commercial in New York. She told me about her episode. Um she was part of the uh JW Inspirational Singers. Chachi, mm. uh, I think you might remember they're the big group of singers. I don't know, probably 50, 50 people in the singing group um, yeah, that yeah. all come from um, Broadway, TV and film in New York City. And they obviously were all affected with their jobs um, because of the pandemic and Broadway not yeah. happening. And uh, they sang some inspirational uh, songs and stuff like that. You remember that group? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was in
5: it. You're in that group too. So many people, yeah. There's so
0: many people.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people. But they did great. It was, it was good. They did a fantastic job. Of course, we have to also um, celebrate the birthdays of uh, Ringo Starr, one of the original Beatles. Um, that's still Willis. Is 81? 81. 81 mm. Wow. 81. Yeah. Shelley Duvall of Cheers fame. Wait, is that the same Shelley Duvall? That can't be. No. Seven. No, that's not her. I'm thinking of somebody else. Sorry. Actor Shelley Duvall is 72. Um uh, Billy Campbell is 62.
5: Yeah, you're thinking of Shelly
1: Long. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um Vonda Shepard from Alan McBeal is fifty-eight. Um Jim Gaffigan. Happy birthday, Jim. 55 hmm. today. Uh Amy Carlson from Blue Buzz is fifty-three. Georgia Fox from CSI is fifty-three. Um and I really haven't heard of any of these other names, so uh, yeah.
5: So I guess we'll just skip them. <laughs> today, today on um, July seventh is the twenty-fifth um, anniversary of Hogan turning heel and joining the WO. Yes, <laughs> the beach. Ooh, bachelor twenty-five
1: years. Twenty-five years ago, man, <laughs> that is wild. That is wild. I don't have any wrestling stuff today, guys. I wasn't Sorry. going to stick around for it anyways. <laughs> well, guys, this is great. This is, our, um, I guess, our summer premiere, and of course, uh, again, um, we are uh, sad to lose one of our own in Jason, a.k.a. Koki. Um, please listen to our memorial show um, where we talk about our favorite memories of our friend gone too soon. He was an integral part of the show. Definitely. Um yeah, again if you haven't met him then you certainly were entertained by his brand of humor because he was certainly one of the funniest guys I've ever met um so please take a chance to to listen to that um and um of course we're going to close tonight off uh, tonight with um our pre-recorded interview with director Poppy Gordon and actress Samantha Robinson of the short film for your consideration to close out tonight's show. So on behalf of the king of the eighties, Chachi McFly, he's Parker bloodshot, Jesse Fresco. Mm-mm. Thank you. I'm <laughs> Al Soto. We will see you guys next week. Until then. Peace. peace. All right, special interview time here on Below the Belt Show with one of the actresses from this great film called For Your Consideration, the wonderful, the talented, the beautiful, Samantha Robinson.
4: Oh, so sweet. Thank
1: you. (laughs) Um, This is a great film. Uh, Your character is Heather. Um, First of all, I always like to talk about the journey of how you got involved with the project because... It is a brilliant project um it's making waves in the festival circuit so if you could please let us know how you got involved
4: so this was actually an audition that came through my agent and i just you know i auditioned for it i loved the writing and then they offered me the role and i remember um talking to poppy initially and they wanted to go with more of an aubrey plaza type but Yes, they liked my cave and uh, decided to go with me, which I'm very grateful that they did. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's interesting
1: liked- you mentioned um, Aubrey Plaza, because mm-hmm. your ethnicity is Panamanian English, and I believe Aubrey is a mixed Latina and uh, was- English as well, I think, I believe. So that's kind of, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with the casting.
4: <laughs> yeah, I love her. I think she's a phenomenal actress.
1: I love that. That is really cool. So your character's is Heather. Um, I guess tell us about your, I guess, your similarities or dissimilarities to Heather because she comes from a pl- privileged background. Um, and the premise of the short is um, you and your friends are getting together to try to make an Oscar worthy um, Sundance Con level of film. Um, uh, if you could tell us about um, the character Heather and, and if you see like some similarities with her.
4: Oh, God, I really hope I don't have any similar Probably <laughs> <laughs> like of the most horrifying, horrifying characters, but in a great way because, you know, it was, it was a joy to play because some of the worst characters are some of the most fun. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, Heather, she comes from a very privileged background and she wants mm-hmm. to use that privilege in order to make a film that'll be successful and get her into all the parties and give her some clout. And she doesn't really care what she does or who she hurts in order to get there. And, you know, I think that she's she's a narcissist and she's very manipulative. And um, I also feel like she she kind of like she doesn't really have a sense of what's right or wrong. Like She doesn't really care if what she's doing is right or wrong. So. I mean, hopefully, I don't have too many similarities to her, but she was very funny. Yeah,
1: especially if you're trying to make a woke film, you have to be very sensitive to certain topics, I guess. And uh, uh, when you're making such a film, so I guess uh, some of the gr- girls were, uh, I guess, uninitiated, and some of that, I guess, which was kind of the comedic aspect of the film. Yeah, seems.
4: exactly. I mean, some of the things that I say—that's what why the writing is so good and like it's just so perfect. But you know very cringeworthy at times, some of the things that these girls are saying, you know, they don't realize that they're being completely
1: insensitive. (laughs) I mean, you gotta love the Mexicans, I hate them. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: So, uh, yeah, so, yes, certain sensibilities, I guess, when you're kind of expressing trying to make a woke film, Um, but if you could, um, how, is this a would you say it's an important topic, um, you know, the message being sent by for your consideration for um, people to have some kind of sensibilities when it comes to woke films or woke type, woke type projects kind of thing?
4: I definitely think it is. I mean, I think it's important to put a magnifying glass on Hollywood and really make sure that the stories that are being told are coming I from mean- an place as well.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yay, and
3: I made it. I made it. Yes. Sorry about that. I tried all different ways and it was screwing up.
1: Oh, but you are uh, we hear you great. We're just joined by director and co-writer of For Your Consideration, Poppy Gordon. Uh, Poppy, thanks for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. We were just talking with Samantha about her character of Heather and uh, I guess um, the important message of your film with uh woke culture i guess so some people don't have have to be very um have to have the certain sensibilities for when trying to uh you know do um a project that kind of focused on woke culture
3: yeah it was a, it was definitely an interesting an interesting one i think that i think this this film is easier to i don't know Samantha can probably speak better to it than than me, but easier to act in maybe than to talk about. It's a little tricky to try and talk about now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Samantha really nailed it nailed it with the uh with that character of Heather because uh Yes, I, I definitely I definitely saw privilege in her eyes. You know? <laughs> And all her friends <laughs> when they were trying to produce the film. Because obviously, who doesn't want to party at Sundance and Cannes and uh, <laughs> and all the major festivals and stuff like that? But I had to ask, Poppy, um, was there, like, an internal message that you definitely wanted to get for your consideration at the big festivals? I know it made a, a lot of waves uh, at a bunch of festivals. But was Cannes, Sundance ever the goal as well?
3: Um, You know, I... Certainly any getting into any festival was a coup with this film. It, You know, we kind of it, I called it kind of a kamikaze film where we went into it saying, you know what, let's make this for ourselves and let's see what happens. Aldo and I both have a history in the commercial world. So we're very much used to kind of working for clients. And in this sense, we were our clients. So we, we especially putting our resources and money and everything into something of our own since you know it was it was it we didn't do crowdfunding or anything like that so we wanted to do something that we would love ourselves and so there was almost an internal rebellion of wanting to please anybody uh, you know any any anybody outside of ourselves so we were hoping if we got into a festival that was great, uh, certainly if it had been a major one, then the film gets more exposure, it gets seen, that would have been great. Um, but we also knew that not every festival is gonna be right for this film. And and also the well, not every festival can maybe also point the finger at themselves and laugh with us at themselves. So yeah. we, we didn't expect much and we were actually very positively surprised. That so many festivals ended up being very open and daring to program us. We were really, we were really surprised and super fortunate.
2: Yeah,
1: and the whole world can see this film on Amuleto uh, on YouTube, which has some great films in addition to yours. Uh, I just saw that Stephen Yun has a film. Uh, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones has a film in there. So you're got, you guys are in good company, Poppy, <laughs> on Amuleto. Yeah. Thank you. We like to make a splash. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So let's talk about uh, the production quality, first of all, is very, very high on, on this uh, film. Um, really, everything. I mean, uh, cinematography, editing, um, the acting. Um, so, congratulations on that. I think it's very stellar. Um, tell us about a- you. assembling your team, Poppy.
3: Well, uh, as a and- crew. As mentioned, my my history is really in, com- in in commercial directing, and it was never my goal to stay there. So I mean the idea was always to transition to film and and TV and all of that. And so right. all the people that I work with are really people that I've been working with for a very long time. So it was kind of like bringing bringing in my people that I just you know adore and love and we're friends, and we have that shorthand communication, having worked together for so long and I think that really translated to having a lot of fun on this production. again, because no clients were involved. And we could just do what we wanted. and um, we were very fortunate with our cast. And so it was just a really it
4: was a really good vibe. It was a really good time. It was. I have to <laughs> agree with Poppy. It was a very good vibe all
1: around on set. <laughs> it seems like it. Yeah. So Samantha, you actually auditioned uh, for the film. Um, Poppy, did you bring any actors that you just worked on with before that you just thought were strong and they didn't need to audition?
2: Or did no, everyone have to audition?
3: No, everybody Everybody did. Um, you know, we were really, we knew we might have something that was kind of you know off the beaten path and kind of cool because we got a lot of submissions for auditions way more than we ever expected it was super super cool and so many talented people um applied and we were like okay wait a moment this is cool getting a lot of really talented people um that were into it and then um it was really about casting the right group and the right dynamics because each character really does kind of uh, represent themselves but also a bit of an archetype and the chemistry was really everything and it was it was super tricky and that I couldn't ideally I would have loved to have people read together you know so you can try yeah. things but I really had to like use my imagination and be like okay how will these girls vibe together and find the best kind of group for um uh you know and and I was super um you know, blessed when Samantha agreed to audition. I uh, I was I was over the moon. I was like, yes, she's so perfect. I actually was the one who had mentioned Samantha to our um, casting agent. So it, it it wasn't the other way around. It came from me being like, can you ch- please ask her if she'd be willing to yeah.
2: submit
3: and uh, uh, to submit for this? And so I was over the moon when when she did and. And then um, I think, yeah, I mean, the the dynamics were really off the charts between all of them. Like uh, Juliet Goglia is, is uh, so funny and poignant, mm-hmm. and um, Tess Trotter, Jasmine, uh, 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 Karina. Uh, we also got actual influencers to play influencers, which was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, yeah. Page Ruth was was into it and um, and uh, and uh, yeah it was a great group and and I do feel like um, uh, Ava Capri also like played so sincere um, you know everybody had kind of their mm-hmm. own vibe and um, and it worked and Samantha was definitely with Heather was definitely like the the ringleader of all of them setting the tone leading the bunch and. Um, and everybody kind of fell in line. It worked. I think she she uh, was actually the ringleader.
1: <laughs> yeah, it certainly worked. Uh, when I was watching, I, it seemed like you guys were legit good friends shooting uh, short films. Right? Yeah. yeah, because the chemistry was so good, for sure. Um, so I, I got to say that there, your short film left me wanting more poppy. Like, I want to know about, Pre-production of the film, post-production of the film, uh, when when the film goes to the festival circuits, have you thought about making more oh, episodes or uh, continuing I mean, the story in any way?
3: I mean, certainly, you know, if 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 folks were interested, we would we would definitely. We never went into this thinking we're going to turn this into like a mini series or episodic or anything. yeah. We made it to be standalone, and I've gotten some pretty interesting YouTube comments on Omletto actually about this. Somebody. They're arguing. It's like 230 comments or something like that. People are arguing. They're saying, like, we want more episodes. And then somebody is saying, we love the film. It's perfect. We never make any more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then other people are saying, no, no, we want more. Turn it into a feature. And then other people are like, please don't. Like, it's all... it's.
4: I think I read a really funny one. They're like, oh, these characters must be doing something right. I want to punch them all in the face. Oh, God.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It was was so funny. Or they start insulting each other with the characters being like, if somebody says, I don't like the film, then they're saying, well, you probably would be part of that friend circle. (laughs) <laughs> you don't, you know, you don't get it. You're one of them, you know.
2: It's, wow. it's
1: Samantha, funny. would you be all about um, another episode or uh, expanded uh, edition of For Your Consideration? Oh,
3: I'll, I'll add one thing. Aldo and I were joking. Maybe the next one has to be the apology tour. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs>
3: yeah, where they go around apologizing for the film they made. <laughs>
1: i mean i want to i want to see the girls partying at sundance (laughs) i'm looking for that episode you know and then
3: you got and then they have to apologize right
1: shoot shoot it at this coming sundance in january
4: (laughs) i can just imagine Heather's apology that is just too much (laughs) (laughs)
3: Exactly. i definitely think we we could come up with uh with uh with some cool stuff there. And we are exploring other projects that are kind of also in the dark satire sphere, the dark satire genre. And um, hopefully we can make, we can make them connect, but it is, I mean, Hey, if by overwhelming demand, people wanted more, Aldo and I would definitely come up with the goods. If people want to see where the, where our girls go.
2: Mm.
1: I certainly do. I would, I would, I just think this, this screams uh, episodic. Um, could easily see more. So, well, oh, yeah, maybe you'll consider it.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely consider it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, uh, Poppy, do you have any other projects that you're promoting right now, or anything, or, or your, even your next project that you'll be working on?
3: Um, you know, nothing that I'm really ready to, um, to promote, but Aldo is coming over in an hour and a half. We have a feature in the works, but it's still very much in the writing. Um, oh, wow. cool. so yeah, we we write together frequently and, and um so we're we're working on something. Um, but it's definitely not at the point yet where I'm like, okay, this is it. But um but yeah, we have different ideas for episodic and, and features and also um you know maybe we'll strategize, maybe we'll make a short for the next thing, maybe you know, maybe we won't, but certainly it's been super helpful that we've gotten such an overwhelming positive. Press response and just in you know in general, I think from the the festival circuit and the viewership. So and I think that's that. I hope it will help us with whatever we do next. You know, to 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 garner some support because certainly Aldo and I can't fund everything ourselves over again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How does co- the co-writing aspect work? Um, do you do one draft, you send it to Aldo, and Aldo writes his draft and sends it back to you? Um,
3: it's it's really collaborative. Uh, sometimes. I kind of come up with the um, like a concept or a story and different characters and then I volley it over to Aldo and I'm like, what do you think of this? And then he kind of tops it up and, and changes it around. We sit together and we have those meetings where you put it all up on the wall and kind of come up yeah. with what the flow is. And then he writes a draft and then we tend to read it out to each other as the characters and then act out the characters and then edit edit the dialogue that way. And, um, and we really do like also working with actors and workshopping things with actors. Um, I have a theater background. So I love developing things together with actors organically. Um, And that's super fun for me that process yeah we have a lot of fun writing, though. We, we're
2: yeah. constantly,
3: constantly cracking each other up, and a lot of the dialogue is from us like just sitting there cracking each other up, really. <laughs> I
1: this definitely great had game. definitely had some laughed out moments of talking about the woman's crow's feet and and. <laughs> <life>. <laughs> 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 and uh, and <laughs> I hope Jessica Chas I wonder what Jessica Jessica state feels about that. Guy. Oh
3: God <laughs> <You're> Jessica. The- <laughs> she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
1: I mean, you know. <laughs> well, um, tell us about the challenges of uh, producing this film. Um it's a 13 minute short, roughly. Um, how many production days were they? Were were you on a strict schedule and were you were you um those kind of things.
3: Yeah, we were um we shot for three days plus uh a, a half day. Um the half day was strictly for the horse. <laughs> Am I giving too much away?
2: Oh, that's safe. <laughs> that's completely
3: safe. <laughs> People watch all the way, they get to see a horse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really three days of 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 shooting and um we yeah, we maxed out the days really. I mean, and and we wanted to, you know, I see this film a bit as like um like a a candy coated Trojan horse a bit. So I mean, the medicine is pretty bitter. So the idea of making everything look really beautiful was a way to kind of, you know, sneak into the mainstream, so to say, and make okay. everything palatable and, and beautiful. It I saw it like a little bit of a, I, I love musicals. Like, so, you know, I also love like the umbrellas of Cherbourg, you know, this like working yeah. with color and coordination and stuff like that. And so a lot of it was all very kind of, Planned out to kind of be. It was important to us that it that it that it would kind of l- look good in in this sense, you know, just because of the message, the messages or the things that it discusses and touch on, touches on are pretty dark and abhorrent and horrifying. So, kind of getting the sweet and sour feeling to it, and 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 dressing it up really beautifully so that it can kind of get get talked about versus just being like a Debbie Downer was 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 important to us so we we took our time to get things to look right
2: yeah Yeah. you
4: noticed all the girls were color coordinated with their iPhone cases as well like that's how yeah I thought
1: that was great and your choice of uh, color too the wardrobe was really Nice. Did you go down to like the nitty gritty details of wardrobe and, and those kind of things as well? Oh
3: yes. Yeah. Oh yes. We um we had a lot of fun with that and um and in that sense that that's where it was kind of musical esque and kind of synthetic, you know, where it's like it's um, you know, all very beautiful, luxurious kind of colors and, and very kind of um color coordinated. Because I mean you have to Thirteen minutes is not a lot of time, and the stuff that mm-hmm. we do discuss is actually pretty deep and heavy. And so, whatever kind of visual cues that we could give to um, to to show hierarchy and our thoughts and um, mm. you know convey class, that was all really important.
1: Yeah, and uh, so Matthew showed up your yo- your yoga skills. You had,
4: <laughs>
1: are you a yogi yourself? Was that kind of like you know?
4: And I've dabbled in some yoga, I okay. will admit. That wasn't all just, you know, learned on set. <laughs> <laughs> but that I was actually my first sound bath. I'd never done that before, so that was kinda fun.
2: Oh <laughs> so,
3: Sam, I that's the one thing that I kept from the shoot is I still have the bowl and all your crystals.
4: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're
3: <laughs> on my windowsill right now. I kept it all. I was too emotional about it. I was like, I need to keep that voodoo in my life forever.
4: Definitely.
1: Definitely. I love it. Samantha, if I could talk a little bit about one of my favorite films for the past couple of years is uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And if I could just ask you what it was like being on that set. You shot at El Coyote, which actually is one of my favorite uh, Mexican restaurants in Los Angeles that I know it's still there today. Um, and I saw your scene with uh, Margot Robbie and Neil Hirsch and that El Coyote scene. Uh, if you could talk about the just shooting that amazing, amazing film.
2: Oh,
4: oh my goodness. It was truly a dream. It was funny because in El Coyote, they cut out a whole wall to be able to fit the camera there. I mean,
2: who? Wow. Who, they
4: cut out a whole wall of El Coyote. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great i mean it was truly just like a pinch me moment uh yeah yeah. (laughs) the whole thing just because i mean like the poppy short too where it's just every detail is there
2: yeah
4: when you when you were filming and you see the extras walking and you really felt like you were in the 60s like you really did like it was yeah transporting for sure
1: (laughs) yeah and well the the thing is that Al Coyote maintained its interior, didn't update it. So, yeah.
2: Because
1: <laughs> I remember going a couple of years ago, it still had that that old 60s vibe to it. But yeah. but working with Emil Hershen and Margot as scene partners, uh, did you get to talk to them much? Um,
4: They're so down to earth and nice. Yeah. Genuinely sweet people. And I remember I was really nervous to have my singing.
1: Um, yeah.
4: And Margo's like, don't worry, like I'll be there, I'll sing with you, you know. Oh, cool. And sort of a nice and it was just so refreshing to see like when you're working with like such aid listers that everyone is so nice. So everyone's so happy to be there. And it really was like a family. Like it really it felt like that.
0: That's
2: awesome. You know, there's no
4: phones on set at all. Like you have yeah. to check your phone in and um yeah, everyone's just there, happy to be there, excited, and it was just Great
1: vibes. Okay. <laughs> what about uh, Quentin's directorial style?
4: Quint, he's great. I mean, in, actually, at El Coyote, he decided to kind of come up with something that wasn't scripted. And he just said to me, you know, he's like, okay. So he told him a story. And then he's like, okay, I want you to say that story. And then he says to me, I want you to say this line. And then, so, you know, he just kind of was so improvisational and just
1: kind yeah.
4: of off the cuff and just would come you know <laughs> unexpected
1: that, that is so amazing yeah and you know it, it is fictional to a degree because even though you play Ab- abigail folger who's the coffee heiress um the real life abigail sadly gets killed uh, yours uh, sadly uh, luckily rather uh lives on so how did you think about that twist uh in the real life events versus the film
4: I love the twist. I thought it was uh, so heartwarming. And if only it could have ended like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, oh, so, yeah. So it really is a tragedy what happened to them. And so I just, I love the way Tarantino ended it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it, it, after all, it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah.
4: Yeah. <laughs> just came out, actually. Based Which one? On he wrote a book based on the film. Oh, yes. So yes wow i haven't checked it out
1: yet but yeah i'm I'm sure quentin will send you a copy (laughs) 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 that is awesome um i also saw a trailer for take me to tarzana yes (laughs) Uh, is that something that we can check out uh this year
4: sure um i think it's on streaming sites i believe okay good it's ready ready out fun comedy
1: (laughs) it did look like, like a lot of fun
4: yeah oh, it was great amazing. it was
1: such it was a great time I really enjoyed it <laughs> so uh, are both of you happy that productions are just pretty much almost normal now you know we're we're going the post pandemic now and uh oh, ready yeah. to get you know back on set more often no, than, I, than last I, year at least
3: it was it was really hard i actually, I actually tried to create something during the pandemic mm-hmm. um Because it was so isolating, the pandemic was, and I missed all my friends, and I missed making magic. And I tried, but uh, so many people were also so like depressed and sad, you know, to due to the isolation. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard to like push everybody forward to like be doing stuff in isolation when some you realize so much of the filmmaking process is the joy of being together, um, and and playing together, and um, so. But yeah, I actually. Now that we can um, go back to shooting, that's actually one of the projects that um, we want to perhaps turn into a short. where instead of having everybody work remotely on it, um, mm-hmm. you know, in this way, we might just come back to L.A. and just, you know, come and shoot it and
4: do it properly. Is this for the cure, Poppy? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, Puppy had me actually do a little scene from that too, where I played a, a Karen. <laughs> was yeah. It was pretty great. It was yeah, cool. and that's
3: something where we would come out to L.A. and now we'd actually be able to shoot it properly instead of doing it the way that we, you know, yeah. were. And maybe we'll still mix in some of that type of um, footage. But, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's just you can't replace being together and shooting together. It's it's Absolutely. just awesome. And we're I'm very relieved that that um productions are starting back up again and I just hope that it stays that way now with covid yeah,
1: stays absolutely until, until, until So you fight. shot FYC prior to prior to the March 2020
3: right Yeah okay. and it was- a little bit interesting because this was like my first big short that I've done. And so, you know, I've been waiting for a long time to be like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make something. And then we make it. I I touched down at the first uh, Oscar quiet qualifying festival, if you will. And the minute I, I get there and I open up my phone. I'm it's still in the plane. It says like, oh, the festival's been canceled due to COVID. I was yeah. like, What? That was really I at the beginning of it. And then and then the entire festival season had to be all virtual pretty much. So yeah, it was like very interesting time t- timing. I was like, did, like I yeah very interesting like the one moment that I release a short
1: the whole world breaks (laughs) yeah but luckily it was shot prior to prior to March 2020 because it might have been a different film had you Mm -hmm. had to shoot it in 2020
2: right
3: oh yes oh yes we were very fortunate that way Um, in, in that sense we were very fortunate and and, um, yeah, and now things are back up again and perhaps a, a little bit, you know, I think a lot of people are also like festivals are fun and you get to meet people and 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 have fun together and all that. But it's also definitely a lot of work to have to attend like a million festivals and all of that. So
2: right.
1: Something. To- that, that's yeah. what it's because you have all those festival wreaths on your,
3: I <laughs> on ended, your film. You guys are I just- ended up, funny enough, I ended up making a baby. So now I have a son. <laughs>
4: Aww. Beautiful baby ever, Poppy. Oh my <laughs> goodness!
1: Congratulations!
3: I was like, well, I I can't I can't I can't do anything, so might as well. <laughs> 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 it's might as well make right?
2: Babies, right? <laughs>
3: it's all just creation in the end.
1: So. Poppy, you're uh, you're actually on camera for your film. You're uh, the mom character, right?
3: Yes, we had somebody cast in that role as just um, an extra, and and she didn't show up. And and then I think it was my producer, Lissette, who hit everybody, she was like, your wardrobe is on par, and we don't have any more wardrobes, so you're going to do this.
1: Oh, you just stuck in as the mom role. Okay.
3: <laughs> and, and I was, you know, more than happy to oblige to be, um, be my character's name was Messy Mom.
2: and Yeah, now, I saw that on IMDb. <laughs> that was,
3: a, that was a, fore, a foreshadowing of what was to come. Now I am
1: a messy mom yeah. in real life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: it. I love it. Um, I didn't think I asked Samantha what you have coming up next. You got some acting projects coming up that we can look out for.
4: Uh, nothing that's filmed, but I am filming another short film with a director called Sean Glass in New York, yeah. actually. So I'll be flying out to New York. Nice. And, and that'll be happening in August sometime. So yeah, just doing that and then auditioning and what else comes my way and
1: yeah <laughs> just same same just here you know
4: this week,
1: yep. <laughs> putting her
3: hat in there right <laughs> samantha definitely uh i you know she definitely is is uh is is so fun to work with so whatever yeah. i do next aldo and i are writing for sam so yes. very
2: yeah. sam.
1: fantastic well this mm-hmm. is fantastic uh i Again, congratulations to both of you for an amazing short film. Um, official website, fycfilm.com. Um, you can check it out on YouTube, um, on Amaletto's um, channel, and just search for, uh, for your consideration. It should pop right up.
3: Yeah, on yeah chime in on the, on the YouTube comments and give us a like.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, check Fantastic.
1: it out. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we let you go, if we could, both of you, just kind of let, let us know who you are throw out a plug for um, FYC, and let us know you're on BTB, Below the Belt Show, um, whatever you want at the end.
3: Okay. I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm Poppy Gordon. I'm the director of For Your Consideration, and um, please check us out at fycfilm.com. We're up on Omletto, so go find For Your Consideration on Omletto, as well as on YouTube and um, we are now on Below the Belt show. Yes.
2: I'm <laughs>
4: Samantha Robinson. I play Heather in the short film, For Your Consideration, directed by Poppy Gordon. And as she mentioned, check it out on On Leather. <laughs> and um, Samantha-
1: we're on Below the Belt show. <laughs> I love it. Samantha, do that one more time. I think the audio kind of went out in the beginning really. Oh,
4: okay. And I'm Samantha Robinson. I play Heather from the short film For Your Consideration, directed by Poppy Gordon. And as Poppy mentioned, check it out on Amuleto. And we're on Below the Belt show.
1: Yes! woo <laughs> <Yeah>. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, wanted to do a snapshot. I don't know if Poppy wanted to not be camera shy for a second, but if not, we'll Oh, just... my
2: God.
3: I am so awful looking. That's right. I... Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try out. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Oh my okay. gosh. Let me go so
1: yes. camera shot. Okay, ready? Three, two, and I think it's good. All right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much. Um I'm
3: actually that's actually really funny. I just looked down for a second 'cause I'm like I'm like nursing oh, okay. I, I have my son, so I'm just like, are my boobs out? Like, do I need <laughs> to make <some> do it? <laughs> Should we take it again? I'm like, that's what happens when you're nursing where you don't Yay. even know anymore if you're if you're like, are they in, are they out? Are you are you covered? You don't know anymore at all. <laughs> Should
1: we try yeah. one more? Were you looking down, Poppy, when we took that?
3: I don't let me let me turn the camera away, make sure my bra is up <laughs> just a second, and then we'll do it one more time. Hold on.
2: Okay. <laughs> of course.
3: Happens when you're a new mom. You like, all, that's all the stuff that happens when you like. That's messy mom for you in real life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, Poppy. All right, ready? One, two, and. All right. Awesome.
2: All right. Thank, Thank you, you so both.
1: Much. This is a great interview. Lots of luck. Thank you, Thank you luck.
2: for having us. We're so thrilled. Thank yeah. you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.